Let's go. Okay. We just had a fun technical difficulty. So this is now the beginning of uh, the first episode of Tap Words Seon. Uh, basically a talk show, uh, a, a, a talk radio show where Vitalin and I talk about amp guard stuff because we can and we do it normally. So we figured we record it and bring it to the masses. Ha ha! Um, yeah. Uh, we usually spend hours talking to oh each other in God. the morning. And if you're talking to each other for hours in the morning, even even if we're not talking about anything smart, we're bound to accidentally say something that somebody should hear at some point. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of the point of the series is we're just going to talk talk a whole bunch of stuff and you will eventually gain insight. <laughs> or or you will just listen to two nerds talk about AmpGuard for or other th- I don't know. We talk about a lot of weird stuff, so we're, yeah. this is going to be a little bit all over the place. Um, but it or is still terrible propaganda, and you can disagree with us. Yeah, no, <laughs> totally do that. If you disagree with us, make your own podcast and argue with us, because like more content is better content. Yeah, I mean, come not it. technically, but more content is good. Um, all right, so like the biggest thing that happened recently-ish that we're going to talk about, because there's a lot of other things that we could talk about that we don't really want to talk about because that's drama and stuff and we'd rather focus on rules and mechanics and uh being the best amp guarders you can because um we're from polaris and we really like doing that like holy shit we like our battle games (laughs) um godric released a video uh of his tier list of amp guard classes and if you haven't watched it go watch it if you did watch it go watch it again more views, and then come back and watch this. We'll wait. No, we're not. We're going to continue. Um, so Make it pause the video. We don't have to wait. That's true. Just pause the video. Uh, this isn't pause live. This one. Watch the other one. <laughs> come back and be like, these two guys are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, make your own tier list as well. Like before, like yeah. you could make your own tier list first because Godric's got the link in the bottom. So make your own tier list, watch Godric's tier list, then come back and listen to us talk about this tier list for like, I don't know how long this is going to run. This is going to run for a while, but like, whatever. Listen to it in spurts if you want. Um, so we've got this tier list and Anti-Paladin is the first one. Uh, and because this is our second take, we talked about this a little bit already between us, but you will never hear that because it's gone now. Right. <laughs> we're going, yeah, we're going alphabetically. Yeah, what what should we point out that got lost in the last recording? We're going uh, alphabetically, yep. and we feel as though Godric's video was pretty darn good, and we mostly agree yep. with uh, a lot of the positions on his tier list. We've got a few things that we'd probably change, but we also um, want to go a little bit more in-depth. His mm-hmm. video was like, very short sweet and to the point and that's wonderful but we want to like we want to we're talking shop that's what we do so we want to we want to dive in and be like why why is this class in this part of the tier list we also for some of them we feel are a little bit hard to place so we want to kind of like you know merrick specifically he wants to kind of highlight like a breadth of Mm -hmm. what tiers some of the classes can fall into um more uh you you describe it better i mean so uh, okay because we're not talking about specific builds because normally if you've ever watched like tier list 
videos, especially for video games, like the ones that I normally watch are for Diablo. They have like this build and it's a specific setup with certain things. And it's very specific in how that thing works and what it does. And then they put that in a tier list. And those tier lists are really long because there's like 30 aspects because each class has a different build or each class is multiple different builds. Um, because we're just judging the amp guard classes. There's different builds within all of them, especially in the casters. So they have a breadth of classes of like tiers that they fit in. Um, and I think different situations lend themselves better than others uh, to certain advantages or disadvantages that classes have. So like the anti-paladin, we have it highlighted in B and C right now because it's like the best C class or the worst B class because in of a couple opinion, things yeah. in our opinion yes feel free to make your own opinions and post them and like and subscribe and comment all that stuff do that do the youtube thing um or the spotify or whatever else you get your podcast from done done i can advertise uh <laughs> so we put it there um i think we have to talk about i i'm actually going to continue to call this build quote unquote living hell because i think it's hysterical um if you put Void Touch on an anti-paladin, they will be your best friend. End of discussion. Like to, to be clear, we're now going in depth on the anti-paladin. Yes, we're we talking are. about the anti-paladin now and not how we're doing the tier list. Yeah. <laughs> right. Into Stay the tier. All right. Anti-paladin is good. Ish. It's fine. It's got some problems. Uh, I think mainly it's got some problems in the fact that its undead minion ability is basically useless for it and uh its brutal strike isn't as often as it should be i think it's the main problems but otherwise it's it's fine i think i think brutal strike i think brutal strike as an ability ha is a little bit quirky and has some problems that a lot of people who use brutal strike don't really they're not too concerned about it cuz a lot of people who have that ability like it mm -hmm. um but I I don't it's a nice ability I don't think it's the I don't think it's the kingpin ability no that yeah it's not a shining star ability it's just it's um, it's like spice it's not the main thing in the yeah. middle it's just an extra little thing on the side yeah um but if you put void touched on an anti paladin they are now immune to command and flame by themselves originally. And then you add cursed state, which means immune to death or immune to spirit. And then you make them unaffected by this is very important. You make them unaffected by sorcery and death. So uh, if you don't know what the difference is between immune and unaffected by, you're in the majority of Ampguard because the wording of that is dumb. It it, it has its places. Um, generally speaking, if you're, if you're immune to something, you can usually still receive, sometimes there's ways you can receive benefits from your team. Um, for instance, Void Touched has a clause in it that says that it's not affected. It doesn't interact with other enchantments. And that's specifically so that, um, if you put Void Touched on somebody, that Void Touched player is still allowed to receive, like, a death school enchantment. Mm -hmm. like poison weapon or something because if you're if you're immune to death say you're an assassin somebody gives you adaptive protection death right 
you can still use your poison weapon because immunities don't care about enchantments, but unaffected by does. Even so. though in the immunity section where it describes what immunity is, it says unaffected by, but then it has a bunch of like exclusions and yeah. extra thing. It's anyways, that's a tangent. Yeah. So V9 <laughs> team, please fix it. Wound Joe, we know you're on it. Um, uh, anyways, you get immunities slash unaffected by every offensive spell except for the subdual spells. Yep. Which is glorious and very stupidly amazing like you you take one enchantment now it is a it is a high level enchantment but you take one enchantment you add it to a class that class now becomes terrifying um and they can utilize the abilities in it extremely well because they can keep getting their poison they can keep cursing people they can get themselves out of a situation using the the shadow step they're naturally armor breaking now like if you have a friend that plays anti-paladin and you play wizard, just take a persistent void touched and they will be at just over the moon. They'll, they will love that shit all day long. Um, yeah. So with that situation, you can put them there. I think you can put them into B tier pretty well without void touched. You got to be a real good Pullman and have friends. Yeah. So, okay. That's your perspective on it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. My perspective on anti-paladin. Um, I think it's easy to say, hey, anti-paladin is cool, but it doesn't super impress us. Mm -hmm. Therefore, put it into, into C tier. And um, I, I think that... Um, that as a as a generality I, I don't blame anybody for using that logic um but what i usually like to do is i i think a lot of people compare anti-paladins to barbarians and i think a lot of people usually view the barbarian as more useful or more valuable than the anti-paladin and my opinion is the opposite i think mm -hmm. that if i had a choice most of the time between an anti-paladin and a barbarian I would pick the anti-paladin. Um, and the reason being is because, uh, first starters, the anti-paladin and the barbarian, they have the same weapon proficiencies, the same equipment. They both have medium shields. They both have any melee weapon. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so, like, if you need to go crushing, breaking with an anti-paladin, just give them a pull. It's yep. fine. Uh, barbarians like the fact that they've got armor breaking when they use their swords, but they're not shield crushing uh, until the they go powerhouse. Yeah, until they go fight after death. So um, enjoy enjoy the Florentine armor breaking. But like, if we want to go, if if they have to pick up a pole too, if they want to bust up shields, right? Yes. So aside from that, between barbarian and anti paladin, um. Anti-Paladin at least has the option of teamwork. Mm -hmm. you, you can put the Void Touch enchantment on them. You can put other enchantments on them if you want to. Yeah. And if you're running a battle game where you've got a bunch of people and you want your people to overwhelm the, the enemy with enchantments, you're going to be looking for Anti-Paladins before you're looking for Barbarians because mm -hmm. you can put enchantments on your Anti-Paladins. Um, Anti-Paladins also, A, they wear more armor than Barbarians, so let's say that you don't have as many warriors as you want to make your shield wall and, and tank stuff up, 
anti-paladin can do it. Um, it's not if you if you prefer immunity to subdual over immunity to flame, anti-paladin can just get an enchantment for immunity to subdual. They can get yep. several enchantments. They can get protection again. They can get the immunity itself, or you could just give them an imbue shield because all subdual spells are yep. a ball. And so if you just put a big barn door in front of you, I think you get large it. shield. If they really want to be that like. Here is a larger shield. Yeah. Yeah. Because because yeah. uh barbarians max out at mediums where paladins anti get large. Yeah. Well, most, and bigger. most of guards use mediums anyways, so like I don't I'm not I don't wanna like tell people like, oh my god, we gotta put anti-paladin to the high B tier because they get large shields. No no no. I think the only time it's actually useful is super niche. Uh and yeah. I've seen it a couple times because the way that it's worded for shields, and this is something that I haven't I'm not sure if I dislike or or don't know how to feel about. Um, the way we have worded shields is that it is based on the profile of the shield. It is not based on the surface area or the shape or anything. It's based on the profile, which means if you make a box that at no point in time can you make the profile larger than a two by four, uh, two foot by four foot, is it illegal? So you can make a barrier that is a shield and just walk forward with it and then leave it someplace and it is now terrain it's really weird and i don't i don't really like it i also don't dislike it because it's super niche and weird and it's not really effective but it's good for like archers i think it goes into into the blurry area of if you're making a box, if you're holding a shield that literally just cups around your entire body and yeah. you're like, this isn't more than eight square feet of profile, you've probably got, you've probably crossed the line and uh, somebody, a Reeve game runner. So someone's going to tell you like, hey, man, don't don't do that. That's not a lot on my field. Um, but if you, but like, if you have a big shield, that's just like a big round shield and it, it's, it has a curved surface, like it's a domed shield. Mm -hmm. Technically that's going to have a larger surface area yeah, along its surface, but it's, it's profile. It's sort of silhouette mm -hmm. is go, you know, if it still remains in the eight feet, if it's kind of domed and curved, people are probably still going to let you use that. Um, and that can provide you know, even just even a little uh, curvature can actually provide a lot of cover with a yep. lot of shields. Yep. It, it's, um, it's a weird thing. Like, uh, I know for a hot minute, the there were a couple shields coming from Texas that had uh, what were affectionately called cheater cuffs, which was a section of extra foam that basically extruded out from the dome shield yeah. backwards uh -huh. so when you rested it it came like the shield stopped basically here your shoulder almost, yeah and yeah. then it came out a little bit because it wasn't affecting the profile of the shield it wasn't affecting that silhouette it was technically legal um i think those have mostly gone away partially because they were hard to keep attached and they didn't really give a lot of like they gave some defense but you had to basically conform this foam to fit on you correctly and it was just more effective to move slightly to get that shield effect um but it's the same yeah. idea the the thing i like about it is because the way shields are also worded is that they become terrain when they're not you know wielded is you can just go put a large shield on the field and if it stands up by itself it is now terrain an archer can use that as terrain to block stuff I mean, in theory, if you just make terrain, yeah, 
<laughs> just to make it a it's, I mean, but if it if it's a shield, you can yeah, yeah. fix it. If it's, a, if it's a shield, you almost don't have to ask the game runner. Be like, "This is my shield." Yeah, and then you just like, drop <laughs> it. Yeah. Okay, we got um, on a tangent. All right. Either way, we're yeah. That's another tangent. Uh, but yeah. So I, I view anti paladin as generally speaking being better than barbarian because it you there's more variety that you can use the anti-paladin for if you want somebody who goes offense and you want to bust up some enemies anti-paladin is an acceptable class if you want somebody to tank anti-paladin is an accept is a, actually on the better end of classes um and if you and they have just the option to enchant mm -hmm. you can enchant them right yep. and barbarian i think everybody like the damage that you can do with fight after death oh yeah is when is a wild card, right? It's yes. really big, but I honestly think that people overvalue barbarian as a whole because of what you can accomplish with like this one ability. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's the ability that's good. It's not the and it's the only class that has it. So by it being the only class that has that ability, it has to kind of goes hand in hand. Mm -hmm. But I I think it's really just the fact that like, well, if you have a barbarian that just sucks with their FAD then barbarian like the the rest of the class isn't going to carry it right yeah yep so so it needs some my questions. my anti paladin probably pulls just slightly out of c tier and is in the b tier but it's not it is not the 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 b best it's not the oh, best no, of the no 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 it's it's bottom it's bottom barrel b um moving on to one that i think we're both going to have a we've had the discussion about this class and and um I want you to give your opinion on what Archer is designed for, because I think it's a really good statement, especially as V9 is being created and people are thinking about how classes are made. Because um, we both yeah. agree that Archer has some fundamental problems in design. So if you look at a class and you ask a question, what is the purpose of this class on the battlefield or, or what can this class accomplish on the battlefield? How can we use it to win a game? Generally speaking, you've got some pretty standard roles, right? You're going to, you, you're going to want something to be able to wear armor and just be made of meat and just blob somewhere. Yep. You're going to want people who flank things casters can stand behind your meat shields and, and hit people with spells and stuff and they can throw things and they can buff up your people or whatever and then archery and amped guard i think it has its use um the 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 function of a bow uh can you know it's it's always nice to be able to i can if i see somebody who's going to try and pull a fast one on us i can plink them from far away mm -hmm. uh since my rate of fire is slower and i don't necessarily am i'm not getting into the it, it, into the grind of like where all the fighting is happening and I can, I can stand back i can kind of keep my eyes open and tell people what's going on there's definitely a use for a bow mm -hmm. on the field but i do not personally i do not really respect the archer class um i think that the archer class is basically just designed for people who want to exclusively use a bow to just have more fun with it it just amplifies the fun with their bow it's um it doesn't fit yeah i i don't think i don't think that the archer as a class has a role on 
the battlefield mm -hmm. that is um, served by its abilities. I think the class itself is just a service to players who want to play in a certain way. Yeah. Um, whereas if, if I wanted to be like, hey, we need a person to stand here with a with a bow and we need them to do this job, watch out for flankers and tell mm -hmm. us what's going and hit the casters from far away and do this or that or whatever. I'll get an assassin. I'll get a I'm an assassin's I my preference would be an assassin or a druid. Mm -hmm. Uh scout still kind of in the in the weeds of like, is it good yet? I don't know. Um yeah. but the I actually think that assassin is is one of the better bow classes, and it's because like just all of the assassins, like shadow steps and teleports and all this, are really good escape mechanics, which is mm -hmm. something that you want as a bow user if the enemy gets the drop on you and comes and closes in. Um, and uh, but the fact that they have the variety to be like, I'm gonna go pick up my arrows. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna poison this weapon. And when I go out to pick up my arrows, I'm gonna kill people and curse them. Right. Right. Um, whereas the archer is just like, oh, my arrows are gone. I guess I'll just use the ability that was designed for my class so that I can go pick up arrows because it's the only thing that I want to do is just shoot people. Um, mm -hmm. I don't. I don't think the. I, I don't. I don't. I don't feel like the class itself has a job, like no. a role. Uh, so and. Right. And, and, and people like to compare it to wizard in a certain way because a lot of the specialty arrows are kind of analogs yeah. to some of the spell balls the wizard has. But and, and they're like, I can I can put this state on somebody from like a hundred feet away. And I'm like, I don't care. No, well, do hold you on. need to do it from that far away? It so hold on. I think this is the same argument of like PC is better than consoles because everyone's like, well, PCs are more powerful than consoles. It's like, is your PC better than a console? It's like, yes, I know somebody can shoot from a hundred feet and shoot and hit that person every time. Can you yeah. do it? The answer most yeah. of the time is no. So no. <laughs> like, um, I know it, a couple you know, good archers. And I know a lot more people that think they're better than they are. Yeah, and well, and, and that's what and that's what Godric Gray said in in his tier list. He, yes. he put Archer in the C tier. Oh, we want to start highlighting these things. He put Archer in the C tier, and he's he said that he thought that um more more people think that they're better with a bow than they actually are. Yeah. Um, and um, I agree with that statement. I ah. I think there's I like. Did you say it in this recording or in the failed recording that didn't record that you think the class suffers because 80% of its functionality is based around your skill with a bow? That was in the failed one, whereas, but like it is it. So it, it should. Whereas other classes, yeah. even if you're not good at the, at, at kind of fighting, mm -hmm. which use of a bow is fighting. Use of a sword is fighting, right? Yep. They're skill. They're different skill right? sets. Yep. Your abilities for your archer depends entirely on your skill set. Mm -hmm. Your ability with most other classes is not dependent on your ability to swing a sword. Right. A couple of them are scavenge, adrenaline, brutal strike, like the things that mm -hmm. you got to specifically kill somebody with. That's dependent. Assassinate's a bit dependent. If you want to get a poison weapon off on somebody, you actually have to hit them. But like for the most part, like shadow step, you don't have to be a good fighter for it, right? Nope. And be like. 
oh, I'm in danger. I get out of danger. Yep. It happens. You want to enchant somebody? You don't. There's no skill required. You just you read put the paper. person there. Say the incantation. Your skill is memorizing a line. So yeah. well, I mean, yes. The the aspect that comes with. Okay, so because the archer is one of the classes I specifically wanted to be able to put a spectrum on because I think it falls between B and D. Like, it's a B to D class, in my opinion, which I'll explain very quickly. I think it's a C to D class, but you go ahead. I know. <laughs> I think in my time in Ampguard, I have known three archers. My time in Ampguard is not very long, by the way. It's only like six or seven years. Uh... I have known three archers that I would consider a terror on the battlefield. Only one of them actually played archer. The other two played druids or assassins because they're more effective for their style of play. One of them was a, uh, um, it's Ursa. Ursa is one of the archers that I would put in the B tier of arching because he can actually control a large section of the battlefield from standing still like he's he's a tower arch he's a turret archer but he was terrifying he was the most terrifying person i've seen with a bow in a very long time because he could shoot you while sprinting at 60 or 70 feet like yeah. from from he, standstill he actually he used to say like the only thing that he needs is about if you expose yourself four oh, inches yeah yeah anywhere, he could do it it anywhere, was terrifying get right but that's like master class skill. That's like, I mean, it's it's warlord with a bow basically because he's hitting a moving target at a distance. Yeah, and and as soon as you're good enough with a skill set, you can almost make any class look like it deserves a higher right. tier. Right? The other thing that he did though that's very important, and that's where archer can fall apart very quickly. You can have a really good skill with a bow, but if you don't know where to apply your arrows, you're going to be bad. Like, does that make sense? Yeah. It's no, no, no. It makes exact perfect sense. Yeah. If you're bad at knowing where to apply your abilities, you're going to be bad at the class in general. I don't care if you can snipe a fly out of the air at 60 feet. If you have no idea where to apply your specialty arrows, you're going to be bad because it's if you're sniping flies <laughs> while the field is covered in mosquitoes, you're right. shooting the wrong target. We would kill yeah. those mosquitoes. So <laughs> I, I put, I put archer in a b to d tier because if you if you don't a have good tactics and you b don't have a good bow skill you fall straight into d tier like there yeah. there's no point for you to be picking up the bow at that point i can use you more effectively as a warder almost every time i can use you more effectively as an assassin honestly because uh an assassin that nobody's paying attention to is awesome and all I need to give you is a sword and just one instruction. If you have a bow and you don't know what to do with it and you don't know who to shoot and you can't shoot, stop it. I mean, practice, stop but it. but not competitively. Don't don't try to be competitive with your bow skill if you're bad. So, yeah. it, like, I think most most of the time when I see an archer on my team, I'm kind of assuming they're in the C tier because C tier or worse because most of the time that's what happens like yeah it, they're not great they're not the, the part of the fact is that the class is built wonky like every other class gets more every other class that gets to choose things the casters specifically get more uses of their abilities and they get more uses of the abilities that are effective without having these really weird counterweights of like the sniper effect so i i think that um to archer's credit yeah 
because like I said, I, I don't respect the class. I don't, mm -hmm. I think that, um, I, I think that it's, it's barely a class and it's more of just like, uh, something to sate a desire of, of certain, uh, player types, mm -hmm. um, to the, to the benefit of the class. Um, and the reason why sniper as an ability for the class was invented in the first place is that Archer does perform better at like the park level. It mm -hmm. performs better in, in smaller battle game types than it does in larger battle game types. And that's part of the reason why they made snipers, because they were like, this. The, with, if, when they run out of arrows, they're doing nothing, right? Yep. And so they're like, let's make it to where they can just recharge the specialty arrows. So the big battle game that goes on for a long time, they can always have the, the same effect of power, right? Mm -hmm. And in a smaller battlefield, um, if you do get a specialty arrow off on somebody, if you get a pinning arrow on somebody, on especially like a key player... You know, a smaller battlefielder, it's like 10 versus 10. Like, you just pinned 10% of their team, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And um, and you can have a couple of pinning arrows. You can have, you know, uh, a handful of them. Uh, and so you could actually, if you're really good at that bow, once again, skill-based, if you're really good at that bow, you could actually probably... Prob kind of, you can make the people at your park feel like you've got the same power level as a wizard if you're especially like always moving mm -hmm. changing angles yep making sure that you can get a shot off and whatnot right um and uh the kinds of things that sort of prevent archers from being super good in big battle games mm -hmm. uh don't exist or they exist less in small battle games right mm -hmm. there's less enchantments going around that just make people immune to projectiles because there's just less saturation of the classes that can just yep. buff everybody right mm -hmm. there's um you know the shield walls are not these huge three people deep thick things of just like oh if i fire an arrow um, there's no torsos exposed. It's just going to hit somebody's head or it's going to hit somebody's shield, right? That's mm -hmm. the bodies are tested. Yep. Doesn't really happen at park. There's a lot more openings. People are less willing to wear armor at just their regular park. Yep. And that's kind of a player behavior thing. That's not even necessarily part of the class, but you're going to get better mileage out of the class at general practice where at general practice where players are not necessarily wanting to toss on all of their gear at once you just have going to have easier targets basically mm -hmm. um and then you know if people break through the lines there's just i mean that's you're not getting swamped by 100 people storming your castle it's like hey your three buddies are, yeah your three friends that are on the enemy team are flanking over here if you can uh, you know, drop your bow, pick up your two swords, you got two points of armor, and then maneuver yourself so that you're fighting mm -hmm. only one of them at a time, and you can win if you're a good stick fighter. Yeah. But, so, like, the performance is, is easier at a park level than it is at, at in big games. Yeah. And so, one, one thing that can make Archer look better is if you are applying it in that scope, it can, it can, it can be, be better in the in a higher tier in in my perspective but my tier my opinion on it is that its tier is low regardless because yeah. its versatility is very low and oh, it's uh, it now its power output is specifically around how good you are as a player at just shooting yep. the bow yep whereas other classes just have objective power level mm -hmm. um that do not require as much time and work and effort at getting as good at yeah it's I mean, it's so it's also an hours thing, and this is something that Michael's taught me on why uh, we need to push more bow fighting, because every time you go out and play Amp Guard, you swing stick, right? 
pretty much yeah. every time you go out, you play swing, you swing stick. It takes 10,000 hours to get good at something. Every time we go out, we don't shoot a bow. Like warm up yeah. is not shooting a bow. Battle game number one through six are not shooting a bow. Like it's just rare. So in order to do it, you have to practice it more and more. And it requires more time outside of, you know, classic amp guard practice to get good at it. So it's, it's one of those things. If you want to get good at it, get good at it. If you're not good at it, don't play it competitively. Sorry. Okay, thank God. <laughs> All right, Assassin. I like Assassin. Okay. We're gonna once we're done with this one, we're twenty five percent of the way through, guys. My God. Uh. Okay. I personally really enjoy playing an Assassin, and I really enjoy playing an Assassin wrong, according to what most people tell me. Um. Yes. I. Challenge the narrative. I okay, so like everyone's like, you gotta be a rogue, you gotta be sneaky, you gotta hide, whatever. And and uh I have a member of my park, Mordecai, who is a paragon assassin who kind of pioneered in at least Polaris what we're calling the annoying assassin, and it's super effective if you're using it correctly. Um he's got good enough stick that if you don't pay attention to him, he will kill people and he makes it very difficult to not pay attention to him because he honks horns and yells at people and does like uh gestury things while insubstantial because you can talk and be heard while insubstantial and it's annoying and fantastic and it's glorious um i like using shadow step and blink especially when i'm like we have lines coming up to fight and i will jump at their scariest person and as soon as i land i yell I step into the shadows and that person is swinging stick at me. They have taken the time to try to hit me. And now I'm not a target and it's great. Cause that means they're taking their time to hit useless target and they can be stabbed. I love it. It's so much fun. That being said, as long as, you're, as, long as you're not impeding play with it is a tech. It's, it's technically a valid tactic, right? right? I'm not impeding play. I'm just making an opening for someone else, which is, which is yeah. different. I'm using my abilities like if I don't pull it off in time, I die. Okay. If yeah, I, like, it, like it's a, it'd be a weird thing to do. Like if you're at the front of the shield wall. Right? Yeah, I use it on the because flanks mostly. Night, yeah, but if you're but if you're on the flanks and you're running up and there's like space to just work around you or whatever, and you mm -hmm. run up there and you just like, uh, you're doing essentially you're basically juking them. Yeah. Right. It, it, it's you're, a you're really hard feint. And, and yeah, you're running in and you're giving them like the hardest feint that a class can give. It's the, I'm about to tear you up, and now suddenly I can't even fight you, but I'm also not even a valid target. It can make right? it so much better if you're walking up and you're like, poison weapon! So then you're all worried about their legs, because use a long if you're playing an assassin, that's my opinion. Yeah. yeah. And then you're like, ha-ha! And then you swing for their legs, and as you're swinging, as long as your feet are planted, I step into the shadows. That shot is no longer valid, because you're insubstantial, but their shot on you isn't either. Yep. It's, it's ridiculous. I like it a lot. That being said, it is way more of a fun class than an effect. Like that style of play is way more effective as a fun thing than like actually making openings and getting kills. Um, but it does it does emphasize on the fact that like the sneaky assassin is not the only thing in play. And I mean, Polaris made a paragon out of it, so obviously it works. Um, mm -hmm. The so where does that where does that put assassin on the tier list for you? I okay. Honestly, I put assassin in A and B. Ooh. I have a reason for this. I have never 
one of the one of the good archers uh will play oh my bad my bad i have two archers that play archer that are really really good tice is another one that has sniped me from very far distances very well tice is another exa great example of a terrifying archer um sir tice deserves his paragon archer wholesale and he can make anybody on the battlefield scared of him uh his oh no longer company charlie uh magnus is another person that i am scared of when he has a bow on the field and a black sash he's not an amazing shot he's a good shot but he knows where to be and he knows he's, he's how a to good hide. enough shot right he did get the paragon for it he's 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 probably not best bow user in the universe, but he's definitely way higher caliber than most bow users, mm -hmm. and therefore earning of a of a paragon through it. Right. So yeah, if you utilize all of the aspects of assassin, I think you can be an A class, an A tier character. Um, that being said. I'm going to like dim this one because that's really hard. I only know a couple people that I would put in the A tier when they're using uh, Assassin. Like the majority of the time, it's B tier because it's got armor. Great. Poison weapon means that uh, players that don't have as much stick skill can still get kills on bigger targets. They can also be more threatening because that poison weapon. Shadow Step, Blink, and Teleport are just get out of free jail cards so use them um mm -hmm. they're fantastic and awesome and they emphasize movement and they emphasize uh tactical like changes of the battlefield and it's really easy to make those changes when you are insubstantial um coup de gras fine i think it's a little bit niche uh hold person because of the uh the amount of command immunity it's okay but the targets you really want to use it on are most likely immune to it so a little bit there but i mean if you're using your sticks you're using your bow you're using your armor and you're using your insubstantial states i think assassin can be an a tier most of the time most assassins i see are b tiers so you made me think of something that makes me almost want to put assassin into a tier Ooh. and um it, but but i i don't think i i agree with godric gray in the positioning of assassin in b tier mm -hmm. and i think that i think that assassin is a shining example of um i think it's a shining example of what a of, a, of what b tier probably is mm -hmm. and that is um you do not need an assassin in every game type yes but if you have a game type that uses what assassins are good at assassins are the best at that thing mm -hmm. and so <laughs> and so like if you have a game type where um where an assassin would be a good class class to put in it assassin is probably the best class to do the thing that you're using the assassin for mm -hmm. um my my personal opinion on assassin is that um obviously it serves its sort of like game design role of it's supposed to kind of be a, a good killer and mm -hmm. sort of curse the enemy team and sort of mitigate them and whatnot but I think outside the the sort of intended design of them and looking at specifically the uh 
well, maybe not specifically the meta, but like what what can you accomplish with the class? Um, I like like I said, I I don't have a whole lot of respect for Archer, but I do have a, a boatload of respect for Assassin, mm-hmm. and that's because Assassin has more flexibility than the Archer. 100%. It's got the same it's got the same armor value. It's got more weapon proficiencies. Oh yeah, even got the small throne and whatnot, right? So and a lot of, there, there's a, there's a number of Paragon Assassins out there that are like you're having trouble with warriors and there's six points. Make sure you bring a big bag of throwies. Just you plink them a little bit at a time or whatever. Yeah, and I'm like. All right, I don't, I don't usually see that around where I play, but I'm willing to believe it because, if, especially if it's at like a park level and you're using your maneuverability and you're flanking and running around and whatnot, like you can keep a distance from a guy mm-hmm. at a park level pretty easily and run circles and and plink him down of throwies and then eventually get the kill in on him. I'm willing to believe that. I believe that entirely. It doesn't happen in my park because we don't have a super boatload of assassins and like none of our warriors are wearing armor. Um, and the assassins at our kingdom level, I think, do different things than bring mm-hmm. big bags of throwies. Um, wow. But, but Jamie used to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> I've seen that. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but, uh, but that's not even the, that's not even like the reason I love them, right? So, as a, if you, if you look at it strictly from a bow using class perspective, right? Mm-hmm. They have, they have they counter the weakness of a bow user. If you close in on a bow user, mm-hmm. they're basically done, right? Like how, it's a, it's a big it's this big game of drum of like how quickly can you drop the bow and pick up a sword and then melee fight your way out of it. That's basically the archer's only option. Mm-hmm. Whereas the assassin is okay. I might not have to melee as hard because my sword has poison on it, mm-hmm. and I might just need to get just. One good hit and it's over with, and I'm mm-hmm. fine. Pick the bow back up. Let's get back right to business. I mean, they can also just kill drop people, insubstantial and pick shit up because, like, insubstantial, you are not stopped. You are just can't move from your location. Yeah, you can you can grab your equipment. Yeah, it's yeah, fantastic. Which, so, so if you so if you go out into the middle of the field, perhaps where a lot of your arrows have dropped or whatever, um, blink allows you that radius. You can walk around or yeah, yeah vanish is the incant. Blink yeah. is the ability yep. name. You you got that area you can walk around. It's kind of like a. I don't want to call it a poor man's reload because it's more it's more it's versatile better. than reload. Actually, I think it's, it's better. better. It's, it's reload. It's <laughs> um, so good. Once again, if somebody's closing on you, you don't have to use the poison weapon. You can use a poison weapon on the first guy. You can shadow step on the second guy. You can teleport away on the third guy who closes on you. You can blink on the fourth guy who closes on you. Yeah, if you the... try to shoot somebody who comes. If you try to shoot somebody who's charging you down, you get them in the leg, and they got to drop down, and they can't charge you quite as fast. Back up a little bit, coup de gras them. <laughs> Curse them. Curse everybody. Curse you should be around. walking around shouting expletives, right? <laughs> Bow Assassin is good. Bow Assassin isn't the only reason why I put it in B tier. Bow Assassin isn't even the only reason why I put it in B tier. Um the annoying assassin like what mordecai does it's a it is a class that's abilities actually specifically help it with um if, if you want to run a flank like a barber like a warrior a barbarian or you know paladin anti-paladin armor yeah. classes they can run a flank pretty good because armor in ant guard kind of equates to damage the longer it takes for you to die the more swings you can throw mm-hmm. um and so if you want to run a flank any of your tanks can do it and if you've got a group of people they can crush a flank and assassins aren't necessarily going in and 
crushing flanks, Not but really. they can stand on the enemy flank and know that they're not going to get killed mm-hmm. because they can they can insub uh if one person comes at them it's the same thing at the the bow assassin you can poison them you can hold person people you can you, you can annoy them and what you can do is you can you can weaken that flank because of the ability to distract opposing players or slowly pick them off one at a time some people say that's one assassin they're not attacking our whole shield wall if we send a couple you know a couple people are going to walk over there and they'll handle the problem and then Mm -hmm. you don't necessarily know sometimes a couple people don't walk over there because not everybody has the same tactical awareness be like hey that's a problem person we should send a small group yep sometimes they overcommit. be like that's a problem guy and if and if you're an assassin and you know that you grabbed a handful of people like a whole like a five or six or something off a wall you just weakened that wall by being a threat, and then you can like, like, come chase me, and then they chase you, and then you teleport out of it once you run in yourself into a dead end. Yeah, that's not the only reason they're good. Personal opinion. Personal opinion. A lot of people think that barbarian and monk are the best newbie classes. Oh, yep. And it's because. Oh, they come with immunities, and you don't have to learn a whole bunch of stuff. And look, Monk can block the arrows with their swords. I, I, I'm in the camp that, like, hey, we should... It, it, it's nice if, to give somebody immunities and tell them they don't have to worry about too much of the game, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you can kind of ease them in bite size at a time, right? But Assassin does that, too. And Assassin compensates for other things that the new player doesn't have. Um... That some of these other classes, I think that like barbarian in particular, that I think don't really do so well. I think barbarians are good if medium shields. Newbies don't have shields. And by the way, I think a shield is really good to give to a new player because like the longer you're alive, the more opportunities you have to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, new players they suffer this dynamic of like how much stuff do we want to lend them right right yep. every new player who's a monk they're just like here's two loner swords go at it buddy and then everybody and then usually the people who's like lent them the stuff or is on their team like ignores them yep and they're just like go have fun go learn i'm gonna do what i want to do i'm trying to grind yeah. right yep um and then i hear in other places where uh and I, I absolutely don't agree with this. There's other places where people will, they'll be like, here, put on this barbarian sash and put on this monk sash. You don't have to worry about spells. And then immediately use the spells that counter those classes. So that's almost, that's, you're not lying to the new player, but the new player is going to feel like you lied to them. Yeah. And told yeah. them that they were immune to effects. <laughs> but here's what the assassin can do. Assassin doesn't use shields anyways. Nope. Right? Um, assassins can use small throne and meat and large throne. Mm-hmm. New players don't know how to make stuff. Tell the new player, cut a piece of foam out and just wrap it in cloth tape and you have a throwing weapon, right? It's the easiest equipment for them. It's the easiest opportunity for them to gear themselves. Yeah. Right? New players don't fight good. They get killed easy. Mm-hmm. Shadow Step is a way out. And Shadow Step isn't just from, like, I suck at fighting, right? Mm-hmm. You can tell the new player, hey, if anyone, like, points at you, says your name, and starts rambling off some scary words, just say I step into the shadows. 
Okay. It stops him immediately. It's so good. Ever. Well, it's not even stopping the enemy player, right? Whatever they're casting on you isn't dimensional rift because you're not insubstantial yet. <laughs> right? I mean, like. It's not banish. It's not tracking because you're not insubstantial yet. Right. They're coming up, they're seeing a vulnerable player that they want to cast a spell at. They're going to cast something that affects somebody who's not insubstantial. Insub your way out of it. Mm -hmm. it it's it's good. You, you start at level one, you have one ability. Teach that new player how to use their one ability, right? And they'll be great. As soon as they hit level two, they get poison weapon. That's the equalizer. I don't fight good. There's players who fight better than me. They're coming to fight me. Teach that guy, hit those legs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now they now they they've got an ability that puts them closer on par with uh with a with a higher caliber player because yep. they've got more experience, they've been around longer, they got more skill. And it it just gets better from there. Oh yeah. Right? 100%. Eventually if you if you develop that assassin player to be like, hey man, make your own throwies. Hey man, learn how in sub works. Hey man, use this poison weapon. Eventually they're gonna be like, Can I get a how much is a gambison? I wanna try this armor shit out, right? Not much. I mean So I'm not gonna they lie. They only have two they only have two points of armor. Uh, Let them experiment with the right. basic kind of armor. Buy a gambeson. If they decide they don't like assassin later, they can take that gambeson and bring it over to an armor wearing class. Gambesons are 100% transferable between all classes that can wear armor. Yeah. This is a sponsored so, message for gambesons across Ampguard. <laughs> versatility. So, like, assassin has beautiful, like, chef's it's, kiss versatility. It's, I've gone it's way too class. deep into it. No, but we but gotta it move works. on. But it's assassin great. Assassin has. It, Assassin has Chef's Kiss, beautiful versatility. It's an amazing. It's not this good in version seven. <laughs> no, we're not talking about version seven. You could do with old person. I barely mentioned Coup de Gras, right? Like I said, it just gets better it gets from better. just level two. It's it just gets good. better from there. Okay. It, it, but it's uh, the only, 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 only reason why I don't put it in a tier is because. It's, I think it's, like, it's versatility is good, but it's objective power, I don't mm -hmm. think, brings it up to the level of the A tier classes. It, oh, my God. It someone, so, someone stop. Okay, so hold on. We gotta, we gotta I want to do one more little thing. It requires a weird skill set of weapons because it does have access to long weapons, but it doesn't have access to great. It doesn't have access to shields, but it has access to shorts, longs, daggers. It's like and every thrones. weapon type that a new player isn't making. Right. <laughs> but the assassin is best when you give it a long weapon because like a down stick and poison weapon, yeah. oh, just the best little dead. Moving on. And yep. you just don't care. I love that bullshit. Um, yeah. Okay. It B tier solid, it might be A tier solid. It might be the best B tier. I, I think it is. I think it's the best B tier and can be an A tier. I think that's where it sits. Yeah. All right. Barbarian, according to, I copied for, for the people that are watching, I copied Godric's list and uh, put it on this thing so you guys can see it. So, like, now we're moving on to Barbarian. Barbarian is in B tier for Godric. I don't agree. I mean, okay, I kind of agree, but I also don't agree. Barbarian is the class that I believe you have to have the most stick skill to make it function. And unfortunately, due to the, the side effect of all newbie players get handed like Assassin, Monk, or Barbarian, and they latch onto one of those, the classes or the people that attach to Barbarian and are bad make Barbarian look bad, and then nobody thinks Barbarian's good. 
There are some fantastic Barbarian players out there, and they're great. There's not nearly as many of them as there should be relative to the amount of players that play Barbarian. Um, I've got to put this in, like, gray because white's not going to work. So, like, I I think <laughs> Barbarian is a is a low B, high C, really dependent on your stick skill. If you're not good at stick skill, don't play Barbarian. It's not great. Right. It's like half your abilities are like, I have to get a kill to do this. It's like, can, can, can you get a kill on a healer? That's situational. Can you get a kill on like that scout over there? Well, he has as much armor as I do and he has a heal and he has weapons that are similar to mine and he can shoot me from a distance. No, I probably can't get that. Okay. Then, then the answer is no, just (laughs) you need good stick to play barbarian. Well, and unfortunately we don't like tell that to people of like, yo, Half your abilities require you to be able to kill without them so that you can use them. That's hard. Maybe you should play like an assassin. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Bart, I'm I'm going to do this. I'm going to go right back to anti-paladin again. Barbarian and anti-paladin get compared a lot. Yep. And I mentioned before that I think anti-paladin is somewhere in the high C's or the low B's. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of want to put them in the low B because I want to kind of put barbarian in the high C, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the challenge here is that um, barbarian, they're, they're like, there's fun, there's fundamentals to certain classes, right? Mm-hmm. In almost every battle game, you want to have people who are capable of being in your meat shield where all the action is happening right yep yep. and because barbarian has three points of armor and can grab a medium shield they do have defensive properties Mm -hmm. and you can put them in somewhere and you can rely that they've got some longevity and can stay in that position Mm -hmm. um the thing is i it's less armor than the Mm anti-paladin their abilities that they can use are more skill-based Based, you mm-hmm. must get a kill if you want to use adrenaline and then like you also have to get wounded so, like you got to win the fight and then also be wounded and mm-hmm. and just like and then if there's other enemies around you like it's a kill trigger if there's enemies within 10 feet of you yep. um you can't use it and then if you wanted to use it because you're wounded you're now wounded with it with enemies within 10 feet of you so like adrenaline is like easier if you're like trying to fight people on the outskirts if you're trying to take the assassin's position sort of hit the flanks a little bit yeah um and it's also counterproductive it feels like it's very interesting because the fight after death pushes an emphasis on not wearing chest armor because you want to get killed via the chest to make fight after death the most effective yeah so you have all of your limbs accessible for the for the fad right that means that you're most like you're you're unless you're armoring your entire self up you're going to have a weaker section of your chest or or potentially think you should have a weaker section of your chest but you can't use adrenaline if you get killed so yeah it, it's it's I, one of I those the, weird dichotomies i think that one perspective you can look at it that way and think that it, it feels counter counterintuitive to have the synergies of your other abilities well i mean like getting your arm back whole, is good I, I, yeah i think the whole point to adrenaline is that it's it, it's really just a consolation mm-hmm. right it's a it's a you know if i'm playing most other classes 
I don't want to get wounded in the fight at all. Ideally, yeah. Yeah, I want to be able to get the kill unharmed. Mm -hmm. And the barbarian, at least in some circumstances, is allowed. They're permitted to, you know, block a shot with a limb or expose themselves a mm -hmm. little bit while while throwing a shot while throwing the kill shot whatever yeah, right. they they've got they've got an ability that gives them the freedom to be a little you know they not have to, not be, have to be on point right they can at all times fight with your defense yeah because the, the in the fight they have to just win like it's a tournament fight literally they have to win the fight and survive that's the only requirement it doesn't matter if they come out with one limb or one wound, they still won the fight, and that's what matters for adrenaline. So, yeah, and the people that know how to make those shots where they can throw a shot, but they know they're not going to be able to survive, or they know they're not going to be able to come out of that fight without a wound, but they still know they can get the kill, those are the better fighters. It, it keeps playing mm -hmm. back into, like, are you a warlord? Yes or no? If the answer is yes, barbarian is probably great. I bet you love barbarian. If you're not a warlord, eh, probably not as good. Right. And I mean, and uh, and so like, so it so it it has this sort of funny area where it's like, you can put it on the flank, you can, you can as an emergency, it's one of your mid lower. It's not your best tank no, to put in the right? front line. But, but here's the thing. I mean, it's 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 not the best tank to throw in the front lines, but it's best the it's certainly the best disruptor to throw in the front lines because it's like, yeah. hey, this guy's gonna be easier for us to kill on this shield wall, but as soon as we do, he's just going to, like, slam into us as hard as he can with a fight after death. Mm -hmm. So, there's, I mean, there's certainly features to the class where I can't fault anybody for saying that it deserves to be in B tier, but I feel like, um, in a broad sense, mm -hmm. with, uh, you know, once again, anti-paladin, pick paladin, pick warrior, if you need somebody who's busting out damage... The amount of armor you have in the game sort of directly translates to damage as long as you have moderate stick skill because armor is just more time that you're alive to throw shots at people. Yep. Um, by comparison, scavenge is easier to trigger than adrenaline is. Yep. yep. Um, by comparison, killing potential, if you can get enchanted with wounds kill and you can get enchanted with mm -hmm. poison, if you're hitting unarmored targets, it's easier than being a barbarian. Barbarian, they can bust up armor, but the armor that you're busting up on people is normally other barbarians. Which armor are you busting up on people? If you're fighting scouts and assassins and and all these other people, you're probably not in the front lines because scouts aren't in the. No, they're, they're not in the scouts and assassins are definitely are on the sides. Fighting, and if you are fighting in the shield wall where there's the most armor, that armor treats armor breaking differently like paladins and anti-paladins they can soak up one of the hits before mm -hmm. the actual armor breaking goes through and warriors don't care about it at all if they mm -hmm. got their ancestral up and even if they don't have their ancestral up they got two hits that they don't so it's like it feels like i mean and everybody's going to anecdotally say like oh i play barbarian and i get plenty of mileage out of it and i'm very happy with the class and i think it's strong and um i think that uh you know if you're happy with your class that's great i think that if you've got the stick skill to make barbarian really good you've got 
the same skill set that you need to be an excellent anti-paladin, an excellent warrior, or an excellent paladin. Yes. Agreed. And those classes can also crush flanks. Mm-hmm. I, um, I would also put bard in that list because if you know how to use the, if you're if you're a little bit more spell inclined you can make bards similar to barbarians with more control even if you're not spell inclined if you are playing a oh, battle yeah. bar you just put some songs on and just armor. like I just I'm a bard and I buy equipment and I just throw songs on myself um song of freedom is kind of like having is almost like having an immunity to commanded subdual well so song of freedom stops you from the states song of determination stops you from getting commanded song of uh uh battle gives you the armor breaking a lot, of, a lot of command will will like stop you or suppress you yeah anyways well suppress song of freedom is a suppress but no it's just so, stops. Song, yeah. song of freedom preventing the stop is gonna prevent hold persons yep um it is gonna prevent um uh entangles and lightning like yeah. it's it's, like, it's uh, the I, ones yeah. that make you stop moving. Like it's, yeah. it's great. It's fantastic. Yeah. You, being able to switch between the songs, and I know different places call it different things. I think Rising Winds calls it, um, song, song twisting. Uh, Polaris calls it a flip book. Um, <laughs> we call it the flip book. Yeah, because you're you're flipping right? through your song, but you're just like whatever. We call it flip book. Uh, you've got these uh, different versatilities, and, and so I think Barbarian fits B tier. C tier. Most of the time it's C tier, but that's just because the people playing it aren't as stick inclined as they should be to play Barbarian. Um, mm -hmm. I will state if these changes for Barbarian go through, that difference is only going to get wider between the people that are good at stick and playing Barbarian and people that are playing Barbarian and bad at stick because unlimited blood and thunder on a warlord means infinite points of armor unlimited blood and thunder on a player who's not good means one extra shot i think so i agree with that but i i think unlimited blood and thunder on a warlord is exactly the same as unlimited scavenge on a warlord I, so yes. if if, yep. if if warlords aren't breaking amped guard with scavenge they're not going to break amped guard with unlimited blood and thunder because mm -hmm. blood and thunder is basically just Yep, it's the one, same thing. One point scavenge. That's what it is. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, so, it's a little um, bit modified, I mean, but it's the it same has, thing. It does a few other funny things. Like a Blood and Thunder will block a, a, will block a fireball. <laughs> um, True. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, and, it, and, it will, and it will block a wounding spell. I mean, armor will block a fireball too. Yeah. But it'll, it'll block a wounding spell, right? I, I think if the changes go through, Barbarian will just become a better B tier instead of the low B tier. Like, Anti-Paladin is just better than it because teamwork makes the dream work and teamwork can only exist... Teamwork exists better in the Anti-Paladin class than it does in the Barbarian class. And if the if the Barbarian gets the boost for Unlimited Blood and Thunder is essentially the biggest boost it's getting. If it gets Unlimited Blood and Thunder... um then it makes it much more of a soloist but it makes it a really good soloist so i think it it pushes it up to the level with the anti-paladin but it doesn't really make it better because the anti-paladin can still be like hey i have a friend with a void touch we're good now i the barbarian is still like probably the the, the top of the c tier for me and mm -hmm. if they get the boosts then i will push him into b tier um because it's because it's its capacity to be a tank is going to be 
it will actually be comparable. And when I say comparable, I don't mean almost the same power level. When mm -hmm. I say comparable, I mean you are allowed to make comparisons and not sound like a crazy person. Um, it'll be comparable <laughs> to Scavenge on Warriors. And people can start looking at that class as being a, do we want our tank to be an Enchanted Warrior? Yes. And then that Enchanted Warrior will have... You know, you know, will they use their enchantments to break some lines and, and mm -hmm. keep going? Or do we want our tank to occasionally go fight after death and just make everybody run away and disrupt a whole bunch of stuff and start powering through it because they're immune, you know, they're indestructible, almost nigh indestructible for seven seconds, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that'll be a conversation that people might actually have to, like, have to have um, if they get those bonuses and if that happens i i'll be comfortable saying like all right they're b tier it's mm -hmm. good all right i still still like anti-paladin better. better by comparison and so like anti-paladin would probably still be like a, a hair above it's them because the anti-paladin still has the versatility of enchantments and the barbarian can still only do what the barbarian does with or without friends yep so I mean, yeah uh all right I mean that that pretty much sums up barbarian. Let's let's move on to bard, which uh okay. Bard is in B tier for Godric and Godric said that that bard is the the least effective as of the casters. I am inclined to disagree being a paragon bard myself, but I am also inclined to agree because the bard's power varies exponentially based on what type of game we're playing. If yeah. it's a long game and you need recharges and you need people to have all their abilities over and over again, the bard's power goes way up. If it's a short game and you need control, the bard's power also goes way up. There are, a, if it's a large battle game and it's going to be a while, but there's a lot of respawns, there's a lot of uh, um, refreshes and things like that, their power really diminishes down. And I, I would agree that at that situation, they are definitely a B tier. I think they're an A, they're a low A, but a solid B. I, I actually, as much as it pains to say me, to say, I think, oh, no, not really. I think they're the same as an assassin, essentially, in, in B tier. They have a lot of versatility. They take a little bit of knowledge of how the field works. They have a decent set of weapon opportunities and they get some armor if they want it. They can be effective in a lot of situations, but they're never going to be your all-star. Very rarely are they going to be your all-star. I'm going to be... Um... Oh, I don't know who I'm... I don't know who I'm invoking right here, but I'm going to be that guy. I don't put... I don't believe any of the casters are below A tier. Every caster is in the A tier. I mean, the versatility um, alone is hard to not argue. Like, it's it's just straight right. up, what am I walking into? And then you can build and, a list that for that thing. And I and I could be, now that Paladin and Anti-Paladin open, and we have two more classes that just come pre-built immune to command, mm -hmm. and especially, so, like, Paladin's pro-death is, you know, immunity to death also makes it, like, it really hard for a like a spell cat like a dervish control bard or whatever mm -hmm. to do anything uh to them yeah you got um, stun and shove it's very likely that 
my opinion is skewed between pre-opening the classes and post-opening the classes. Mm -hmm. And I think that Bard can fall out of A tier and land in B tier. But it just does not feel correct for me to put a spellcasting class out of A tier. And Godric might be right. They might be the weakest, they might be the least of the casters, maybe. Like, I'm inclined to agree because they have less versatility on the same list. It's very hard to make a, a caster, it's very hard to make a bard that is also armored and high cc it's really tricky i've done it a couple times um my my best friend and my man at arms and also my overbelt because uh i like messing up trees so balder is my man at arms and i'm his man at arms because that's what happens when you have titles um yes uh (laughs) we we both have played armored cc bards and it really feels weird because you have some armor, you have some like offensive abilities with your stick, and then you have like a third of the spell casting you really want to be a CC character. Right. If you play just the CC character, you have so much. You are you are overwhelmed with the amount of CC you have. That being right. said, but most but of it is command. You're narrowed, into, you're narrowed into just a couple of schools, right. almost like you're playing Warlock as a wizard. Yeah, it's really weird. And <laughs> then if they have one counter to you, you're done. Yeah, exactly. And if if you play a complete support bard, you are you feel used all the time. Everybody wants to use your abilities, which is great. It's fantastic. It also means you're not technically the one doing anything, which it it takes a different mindset to figure out how much you're affecting the field, like. Right. Like, what is the power level of a class that isn't doing the killing, but is instead giving other people the power to do the killing? Right. Or the or, or to stop the killing in the healer's case. Like, it, yeah. the bard can amplify, to use one of their abilities, he can amplify any other of the casters and some of the melee classes to a level that is stupid. It, it, it's, it, it means they're your best friend on the battlefield sometimes, but they're almost never your worst enemy. If that makes sense, yeah. they're really a speed bump to paladins, a hundred percent. Paladins look at bards like they're speed bumps and just go, "Hey, are you going to use your best spell on me?" No, Gah. and then just like yeah. sometimes they can't even do that. If no. the paladin puts the pro mag on themselves, yeah, they're just like the bard can't do any of their spells on him. I'm going to use my worst ability, song of visit. We so. Uh, I'll let you finish up on Bard, and then I'll give my opinions as to why I think it's still A tier, even if it's counterable. I mean, the other thing that I think comes with it is its level of complexity is a little higher than its output most of the time. Like, in order to be able to use it effectively, you also have to have a really pretty strong understanding of tactics and strategy. Otherwise, you're going to misuse all of the abilities. It's it's very similar to Archer in that sense of like awe is a great ability, but if you're using awe on the flank for like two or three people, you're probably not making the biggest effect as if you were, you know, in the middle going, hey, three warriors with all six points of armor, GTFO, and then walking through because yeah. that is super effective and oh, yeah. really hard to stop. If if you once you get those off, unless people are ready to deal with it. It, it's a it breaks lines it's great but 
you have to know where you can apply them. You have to know the game really well. You have to have all these things. And there's a there's a video where Manima and Raven were talking about Bard and how it works, and they said Bard is the is the caster class that requires the most micromanagement because you have to know all of this shit to start. And then once yeah. you're started, you have to control more things in order to be effective. And I 100% agree. You have the most micromanaging things. If you're song twisting, you have to know how to flip back and forth between songs that are effective. If you're playing a battle bard, you have to know where you can affect yourself and keep yourself usable on the field. If you're playing the CC bard, you have to know what you can affect, what you can't affect, where it's most effective. It's a lot of work. That being said, if it's done right, it's fantastic. If it's not done right, it'll fall into B tier. That's that's where like if you have if you don't have the knowledge prerequisites, that's where I think Bard will fall into B tier. So, I can't right. look across the field and be like, "Oh, a blue sash. I know he's going to do this, this and this." I could look at him and go, "He may help me." Right. Yeah. That's my take. My take on it is no caster can fall below A tier. And when looking at Bard specifically, um, Bard Bard does fall into that interesting realm. Like, I agree with you. The micromanaging and the fact that as a caster, it's certainly the most complex. It's a lot like, of work. You, you, need to, you need to understand the most going in. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not a... It's it's not a class that you want to learn as you go. It's a class that you want to already know some things yes. and be like, all right, let's let's play on hard mode, right? Yeah. Um, if Bard's and, your first um, class, just take a break for a minute and go to something else. Well, <laughs> your first class, I hope you're playing a battery Bard. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And just having empowers and confidence, and then as you level up, you get a couple of those other things. If you're playing Bard as your first, like, I don't want to tell people they can't play anything. As no, your, no, as no. Their, because when I first started playing Ampguard, I played Wizard, and every and like I was like fourteen <laughs> or fifteen, and everybody was like, "Hey, you shouldn't play Wizard." And I was like, "No, I know how to read. I can I can play Wizard, right?" Um, no, hold on. Because a lot of you people, have the ability to understand. Like, That's the big yeah, difference. Yeah, a lot of people don't like casters. You know, a lot of people don't like casters because they're complex, and a lot of people will recommend against playing casters because they're complex. And I don't think I think that the the right class for somebody. Uh, to start out is whatever class they want and then you support them in playing mm -hmm. that class and teach them what you can and if they don't know what they want then you should guide them towards assassin yep or um as a secondary you it's it's not completely fallacious logic to say that barbarian and monk are good starter classes for new players. Mm -hmm. I just think that we we lean too to we put our foot down too hard on that pedal for those classes. Yeah. And I think that people are really they're giving assassins some disrespect. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. class is actually a baller starting class for new players right now and people are just are they're sleeping on it. Mm -hmm. But anyways, so bard as a caster it's it's interesting in that it's different the different styles of play for bard are wildly different from each other 100% wildly mm -hmm. um if you are playing a song bard or a battle bard and you're throwing on the gear two short swords or a mm -hmm. sword and a shield and putting on the armor you got combat caster you want to like suppress a guy here or awe a guy there mm -hmm. and you want to run in you want to hit things that is not the same <laughs> as um 
I'm a battery bard. I'm going to stand in the back. I'm going to do my song of power. Or um, I'm going to go up and uh, find my buddies who are like, you know, my ca- my caster friends or my mm-hmm. occasional like martial players who are throwing off cool abilities and be like, hey, man, let's I'm going to give you your stuff back so that you can keep going. Right. Mm-hmm. Very different. Mm-hmm. And then like and that's like purely support. Right. Give people their abilities back. And, like thing is, Dervish functions is like one archetype that works on on multiple of their play styles. Yes, yes. So if you want to be a battery bard, you should be a Dervish, and if yep. you want to be a CC bard, you should be a Dervish. Mm-hmm. If you want to be a, a combat bard, you, you want to be a combat class. You probably don't want to be a Dervish. Oh, we've done They're, the math. It's not fun. It's real hard. It's, no, it's, no, it's so bad. You're like, um, you're, I'd like you're, a sword, please. Eight points. You're you're usually what? sacrificing something. Yeah. If you want to have double spells and combat at the same time, and it's not undoable, but it is you are racking your brain so hard it's, over it's what you want to sacrifice. So um, I mean, so like one congrats. point of armor, one point of armor, a medium shield. Actually, it's it's more efficient to do if you do a medium shield one sword and one point of armor with dervish that point of armor becomes four points at level six the sword becomes four points at level one so you can only afford it with look the part yeah you can only afford it with look the park because dervish and is two points you can't have combat caster. no now i have and an argument that combat caster is is less effective than people think it is uh because it is very few times that you are actually going to need to be blocking and defending at the same time as casting and lanyards on your sword is a really easy way to just like point shoot get the spell off pop it back up there's a lot of ways to do it you can also just tuck it under your arm you can drop it there's a lot of ways to cast a spell effectively without needing to have both hands filled um right so so it's a lot of points it's it's worth like almost two levels uh sometimes three depending what your build is just to be able to have dervish and armor or dervish and a shield it's just a lot of work don't i mean you could do it but it's hard it's it's really 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 hard mm-hmm. um but but anyways but the regardless the bard does have the options mm-hmm. and if we want to talk about versatility which is part of what i put these people into their mm-hmm. tiers for um if you are going combat bard and you supply yourself with enough men's you can be a kind of you can fulfill a tanking role for your team mm-hmm. you do not have as much armor at one time but you have um cads put it this way in one of your paragon videos he called it reactive armor yeah where um as soon as, soon as the engagement is over you just put it back on mm-hmm. you just mend it up and then keep going right yep. And so they they can fulfill a lot of fighting roles. Um, well, a handful. They can fulfill a handful of fighting roles. I'm not going to say like every fighting role, but a combat bard can can fill up a, a good portion of that niche. Mm-hmm. Um, you might not be you might not be able to cast magic at everybody as a CC bard, but if there if the if the environment is target rich enough. Like it mostly is. Awe is so good. 
way stronger than people give it credit for. Oh my god! It's well, some people give it justifiable credit. They know it's a strong spell. There's a lot, but I think there's I think there's still enough people that are not considering the power of awe that they need to listen to the power of awe. Awe is a thirty second sustained shove. It with okay. an incredibly fast casting time. It, it's that that that's parameters change during those 30 seconds right yes. like you get shoved away but then if the bard decides like i'm going to keep going like well you have to keep going now right mm -hmm. and if you can get a bunch of people under under it at once they push them all back just by one dude walking forward it, depending upon your game type and your game designers yep you know, if they want to put, like, terrain, be like, oh, you're fighting in a chasm, and anyone who steps over the chasm dies, be like, now you're giving away too much power to Awe, because now Awe can just push people off into the chasm. Please don't do that. Um, there's, when the bard is dead, and they don't move from where they died, there's many places where they clarify that, that that's allowed to, uh. the Awe is allowed to stay on. And I hate that. I think that's absolutely not... Like, you can make the logic and be like, this is consistent with the ways that we rule other things, but I think that intuitively speaking, it makes our game more difficult to learn, because why in the fuck should you ever be having to, like, worry about the dead guy? This dead player is having, like, an objective yeah. effect on the field by deciding to stay on the field while dead, right? Okay, and we, then we terror should works clarify the same way. that. You somebody... Like, the... Okay. Sorry? We should clarify that, because, like, people... I don't know if everybody understands why that works uh, and why the ruling is that way. Cause it's, it's, it's a weird niche situation. It's the fact so, uh, that I'll, awe I'll is it, on the I'll person. Okay. Yeah. I'll make, I'll make it quick. So if you are the target of awe, somebody casts awe on you, you are suffering the ongoing effect mm -hmm. of having to stay away from the caster. Right. When the caster dies, Nothing has changed. Mm -hmm. You, the living player who was the target of awe, still has the ongoing effect on you. If you die, your ongoing effects go away, and you don't have to care about being away from the caster of awe anymore. But if the caster of awe dies, you still mm -hmm. have the ongoing effect on you. And so you have to sit there and be awed by their corpse or terrored by their corpse. Um... And so there are certain segments of the rulebook that say dead players may not impede play or have an impact on play. And so there's an argument that can be had that this is an impact on play. There are people who are saying, well, every dead player has an impact on play because people have to worry about whether or not they're going to be resurrected. And so you got to know whether or not that player could come back. And my opinion on that is, no, you don't. That player's not having an effect on play. What you're worried about is the person who can resurrect them, right? Yeah. You should be watching out for that person, yep. not the dead dude. So I I don't like that interaction, but because that interaction does exist, awe is really strong. CC Bard, if you get a target enough rich environment, it can do things. Some things that I think people are sleeping on, if you've got a battery bard, right? Mm-hmm. Battery bards, obviously people like to put battery bards. A lot of the times they like to put them in their uh their their uh their back line the of the resbot healers because yep. the resbot healers bring people back the battery bard the batteries right mm -hmm. well the battery bard can also do since they're probably taking dervish anyways 
Um, a lot of people usually go to the like healers and expect healers to put their armor back, but you know, all the four casters, healers literally the worst person it's bad. to be looking for men from. It's, it's level two got or the, three or something. It's not good. It's, not, it's level three. It's it's the highest level for all of all the casters to have access to it. Um and they only get the regular version. They don't get greater mend, which people don't use anyways, so that's barely an argument. I'll give you that. Mm -hmm. But they also don't get word of mending, right? But the bard, at least bard can double its frequency with dervish. And so what people should really be doing is that I think that more battery bards need to exist. Mm -hmm. And if you have to come up with some way where you're where you're applying batteries and mends to people when you're not attacking the enemy in some way because mm -hmm. it's hard to be a battery bard who's also batters who's also who's also like a battle bard yeah i tried to make a spell list for it i called it assault and battery <laughs> uh, it didn't work out i'm gonna try to make it work out i'm gonna keep working on it see if i, I can make it a thing okay hold on hold on there is a way to do it yeah uh it, it okay if you're I'm not a Paragon Bard. I haven't figured it out yet. Okay. You go ahead and tell me afterwards. But I, I think there needs to be more Battery Bards, and they should be mending more often, because yeah. a Bard is actually a really good class to mend people with. Right. I it's think easy to get culmination, back. I think the culmination of its battle abilities, it's the effectiveness of like how strong Awe is, if you can play the CC Bard and get the CC off, mm -hmm. and the fact that it is an excellent support thing, it's just, it supports in every way other than resurrecting people mm -hmm. it's a tier for me i can't argue that it's outside the a tier it maybe it can fall below into the b tier because there's more people immune to command now I, so maybe i don't know if that's the problem we'll see i i think a it's for me i i think the pro the the more uh, people being immune to stuff isn't the necessary problem i think it's level of complexity it's the same thing as barbarian if you're not good, you make it worse. So if someone's playing bard and they're not understanding what to do with it, they'll make it look bad. And then that, that potentially falls into B. So I agree for the most part, anybody that's, that understands how bards work and has taken the, the time to recognize the tactics and strategy behind it is going to be an A tier player. They're probably not going to be able to be an S tier with bard. Cause it's just a lot of work to keep going. Like, I yeah. have been considered an S tier player maybe once or twice while playing Bard, and that's when it's a zone control game where CC Bard is king, and that was before Paladin and Anti Paladin was opened up. I don't know if I could do that again, especially because Paladin and Anti Paladin is opened up. So I don't know if Bard is ever going to land an S tier in V eight, and I'm I'm okay with that because it's it's not really on par with the S tier classes. I I mean, we're about to talk about the S tier class druid uh the the <laughs> s tier climb i don't know what to tell anybody besides oh. druid is the most versatile it has the most abilities to do anything it wants it has a unique ability to counter itself hardcore and other classes at the same time it's got all of the cc that it needs at the same time as making its team stronger and better plus having a bunch of web it's really hard to just be like what is druid the best that's it. <laughs> Pretty much. Um I think that I think that Druid does have a 
I'm not going to call it a weakness. I'm going to say that there's an area where Druid doesn't excel in as well as another class does, excel, mm-hmm. that it can find different ways to succeed in a game. Easily puts it in S tier for everything. Uh, I think that I think that what what the problem with Druid was and why it accidented its way straight past everybody um, is because the the spell list is so enchantment heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, the V eight team was probably like they like the intention was to make it a support class to yeah. buff people, and um, they probably they cord even mentioned this he's on the v9 team he was on the v8 team and he was on an episode of the archive with godric gray who made the tier list that we're Mm -hmm. responding to right now um in that episode he mentioned that they made avatar of nature so that they felt like the druid could have something to do between like enchanting players and whatnot Mm -hmm. because if the only thing that you do is you enchant players and then you can't do anything else and just sit on your butt. Yeah, it's not great. That's not, it kind of doesn't feel like you're doing stuff. But I think they just overlooked. Well, I don't think they could have predicted um, the the tendency for crowd control effects to mm-hmm. be incredibly strong and because we play so many more unlimited life games and mm-hmm. short res timers and... Yep. Where there's a whole lot of reasons why crowd control in V8 is basically equally, if not better, than just killing someone. Oh yeah. And um, I think the I think they they didn't really look at how they didn't really expect how good Druid could be if it just threw spell balls at people. Just like just throw some entangles and ice balls and force bolts and stuff between enchanting your buddies you're still a caster mm-hmm. right if you're not enchanting your buddies and you're not throwing spell balls you have word of mending you have greater mend you have release you have you know go you know you regular mend um and you have poison like poison is an enchantment that you have to keep up you gotta keep re-enchanting yeah it. so like don't sit in the back line hand out the enchantments and sit where the resbot healers sit that's not where you belong you mm-hmm. don't belong there go up there with your friends, your friends who are like enjoying all of your enchantments and they're hitting things and killing them with, they could have walked up and just be like, Hey, who had, who's lost all of their magic armor. I'm going to repair that. Hey, I'm going to throw an ice ball at this guy. Oh, I missed. That's fine. I've got more ice balls. <laughs> right. Um, got a lot of, them. you know, and it's, so like they really did not need avatar no. of nature, but they got avatar of nature. And so that caused, them to be able to be a melee class as well and in a in a in an interesting and different way that bards do it because their armor is magic and you can dispel it um but because it's magic like it's weightless and so like there's there's all kinds of weird advantages and uh disadvantages and the advantages way outweigh the disadvantages uh with magic armor to worn armor uh, so they, and then when you, if you decide that you're not going to be a candy druid, you're going to be an avatar of nature druid. If you don't have the summoner archetype, like you still get your verbals. So, um, I was kind of implying the summoner archetype before, cause I didn't me- mention icy blast and I didn't mention heat mm-hmm. weapon, but if you want to be an enchantment primary druid, mm-hmm. 
Um, you can just grab a variety of different enchantments. A lot of them have a limit of two, so you can't just stack it all in one. You could grab a variety of different enchantments and not be a summoner and cast a verbal here or there. Mm -hmm. um, but generally speaking, they like candy coming from a summoner because they have a lot of candy, and yeah. then you don't get the verbals. But if you play an avatar of nature, you can hit people in melee, and then if there's like somebody who can out melee you, be like, "Oh, that guy's got better stick skill and more armor than me. I'm I'm gonna icy blast him. That's yeah. for life." Or I'm gonna call lightning him because they know about my icy blasts, so they gave him pro sorcery, right? Um, the druid, the like the only thing the druid can't do is be like a primary. Right? They can't do the thing that like only bards can do. They don't give abilities back. And they're a bad resurrector. I mean, that's it. They can do anything else. You can put them anywhere else you want. They they're good at everything else besides what two other classes are specifically designed to do. Like, there's two casters that are specifically yeah. designed to resurrect and restore abilities. And the druid goes, "Okay, you can have those. I will take all the rest of that shit." And I'll take anything. I'll take a bow. By the way, I don't hate the fact that the druid has access to the bow. I like the fact that it has an archetype mm -hmm. called ranger, and you can feel like that spell-casting bow user. I like that. Mm -hmm. What I don't like is the class itself is so good at so many things. Yeah. People would be justified in saying, hey, we got to nerf this class. Let's take the bow away. And I'm like, my personal thought is like, can we take away something else? Can leave we, them the can bow? nerf other because things? Because I think that more classes... I like the fact that four classes in the game have access to the bow. Yeah, no, it's a third. Um, it's good. I, I wouldn't want it to go down to three. No, I, um, I think four is the right but, is the yeah. right number. I also think yeah. I might get flack for this, but I also think archer can be kind of split up into other classes. Like we can give the poison arrow to the assassin. We could give the uh, suppression and bolt or the suppression arrow to the scout or the druid. We can give the pinning to the scout or the druid. Like we could we could make a we could make another class able to use bows and then we could kind of divvy up archers abilities so that they're still there if they're just not concentrated because like if you had to delete a class i think archer is mechanically the easiest one to delete yeah uh and once again because i think like the the only people who are like diehard lovers of that class are people who just love to shoot arrows i mean and most of the like, time they'd be better playing a different class like if they understand the mechanics of it, one of the other classes. If you understand spellcasting, druid is a lot better for a bow. If you understand yeah. movement on the field, assassin is fantastic. If you if you don't want to kind of pick between those two, scout's kind of the middle. It's not great. <laughs> I mean, when we get to scout, we got to do the sad thing. I'm just it's probably going to wind up in D tier for me. I mean, we'll see. Somebody has to wind up in D tier. I right? yeah. I mean yeah. I think it yeah. Okay. Do we have any more about Druid? Because Druid is just... Yeah, Druid's good. We talked about Druid. It's too good. It's S-tier. It probably needs to be nerfed because it's S-tier by a lot. It's not S-tier by a little bit. It's S-tier by a lot. And it's yeah. It's not good. Uh, healer, which uh, you disagree with Godric's placement of Healer. Healer for Godric is in A-tier. And I believe you said you wanted an S. So I want it in the S tier, but I want it in the S tier with an asterisk, right? Okay. Healer is S tier, but it's like barely S tier. So don't look at Healer and think that Healer and Druid are both equally powerful because they're not. That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But Healer is in S tier for a very different reason. Yes. Um, if you were to take a look at all of the classes as a whole, and mm-hmm. I talk, and we, you and I have talked about this, and so now we're just putting it on video. If you so were to look at all of the classes the as a whole, yeah. If you were to look at all the classes as a whole and say, hey, these classes fulfill these specific purposes, right? Mm-hmm. Healer is clearly supposed to be the class that is like the most, I protect my team, I heal my team, I support my team. I am the support. I am not the go out and kill people class. I'm supposed yep. to keep my, I keep, my family is safe, right? That's what the healer is for. They're a fucking doctor, mm-hmm. right? If you look at all of the classes as a whole and say this class is supposed to be for this, this class is supposed to be for this, healer is supposed to be like the prime pinnacle example of like I work as a team player. I support my team. I protect my team. I heal my team. I refresh my team. If you were to design AmpGuard from the ground up and have some kind of arbitrary rule and say there is a class, there should be a class that's all about teamwork and should have like no offensive capability at all mm-hmm. and then take a look at the classes that we have now and be like which one of these classes needs to be that class healer is probably the one who should be that class yes right but it isn't nope not healer by a long shot has offensive capabilities. healer has yeah healer has offensive capabilities as a caster right they i mentioned briefly the crowd control environment Mm -hmm. um is something that you know the v8 team probably could not have anticipated Mm -hmm. and but the crowd control meta is strong right Mm -hmm. and the fact is healer has the very powerful crowd control spell ball they've got ice ball they have ice balls uh arguably overpowered but also like count very counterable cousin which you know is abeyance so like it's easy to block abeyance but like if you don't block it boy are you mad <laughs> um so it's a, people don't like having stun cast on them right no, no they don't and but you can only buy so many stuns but yes. a, an abeyance ball you can throw forever. I mean, especially if you get it in like rubber, if you do the, the, the rubber band ball, the loose rubber band ball, and you bounce it off, you know, their back or something and then catch it, you just keep going. You're just like, catch, cast, charge, charge it back up again, go get the next guy, whatever, right? Or even, even if it's, you don't even have to do weird tricks like that, right? If you're at park level and there's not a whole lot of player density on the field yep. and you stun one guy with an advance and stun the other guy with an advance, there might not be a whole lot of their friends around them. You walk up, you kill them, you pick up your ball, mm-hmm. right? There's probably a fair amount of open field for you to re- retrieve your equipment without having to worry about you getting immediately killed for trying to do so. Yeah. In larger scale battle games, if you're throwing a whole bunch of spell balls at the enemy shield wall, you might not get them back for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but at a park level, they have unlimited stuns. On Yes, like... With a with a charge um, time of the incant. They have unlimited stuns, they have engulfing freezing, and then they have hold person and astral intervention, which mm-hmm. astral intervention's got kind of a long incant. It's not, it's not unbearably fantastic. long, but it's kind of long. But they're also rechargeable. Mm-hmm. So if you want to do 
if you want to play the marathon and have and slowly through longevity just keep recharging crowd control spells mm-hmm. they have unlimited crowd control spells mm-hmm. and then you can dump all of your other points into healing people you can dump your other points into well, resurrecting people you can dump your other points into expensive mins that people expect you to have for some reason don't um do that. don't do that i mean so the the healer has the same thing that the bard does and you can take archetype which is broken anyways well yeah that needs to be fixed the the, but the bard and the healer both have the same thing where there's an aspect of their class that they can actually just kind of like fit into any other aspect of their class and it'll work bard's infinite cycle Uh is song of power confidence restoration on recharge that's it it's it's five points five points and you can you can fix anybody because restoration will fix all the per lives. The confidences will get your per uh, your rechargeables back, and the song of power amplifies it. And if you have another friend that has this, the whole thing gets infinitely faster. It's really stupid. Healer can do the same thing. You can put resurrect on recharge, and you take some innates. Oh, I can now be a resbot forever. Like you're not as efficient as if you do the whole priest thing, but it's. It's still something you can just slot into anything you build. You can be the most offensive built healer on the field with a board, an extra stick, freaking ice balls and everything else. And you're like, mm, I got five points and then just drop it on resurrects innates and in, in the, well, I mean, that, like, that's the other thing. Like, that's the other thing. Like I'm, I'm mentioning the fact that they've got these, these, these crowd control spells where if you can, you can do catch and release. If you freeze the enemy, you mm-hmm. walk up, you release them and stab them a whole bunch. Um, it, even if they didn't have those spells, they still have a board. They got a medium shield, right? You know, the they can buy a flail. Which, the bar. Yeah, they, yeah like, they, can, they can buy a flail, which means they can cheat around people's shields. Oh my in, God. So, like, um, Give it put to magic armor on the healer. Maybe now it is worth buying those men. Well, I mean, a lot of people think it's worth buying the men's regardless, right? And I they're probably it is, right. It's I, always yeah. worth buying the men. It's, I, I don't like people's expectations that the healer men them all the damn they time. should be buying people the releases, put magic though. armor on the healer you could right absolutely yeah the release is rechargeable it's two per life they have an excellent rate cost per oh, cost per so frequency cheap. it's so cheap and that's not entire that's not even like the asterisk as to why i put them in the s tier that just makes them an excellent amazing a tier mm-hmm. probably like near the top they're, right i i think they're near the it best. maybe not at it uh, they may not be the best A tier. They're real close. Yeah. What I think pushes them into S tier territory is something that is is like a problem that they cause for like uh, game designers and the dynamic of oh. amped guard gameplay. Mm-hmm. I'm following. That's what that's what pushes them into S tier for me. So you know what I'm about to talk about because yeah. we talked about this before. Like and subscribe and comment if, if you, you have, already figured this out. <laughs> if you have a large battle game, this isn't usually a problem. This is not as much of a problem at, at park level. But if you have a large battle game where you can expect that there's going to be a lot of healers, you right. can expect that there's going to be a lot of bards. Mm-hmm. Um. You as a designer for that battle game can run into trouble with just making v- valuable respawn mechanics for your game. Um, if you make a respawn mechanic 
for a large a lot of large battle games that i play the respawn mechanics are a wave spawn or a group spawn mm -hmm. and um some people mention some people call both of these different types just a different form of group spawn and i do not i call one of them a wave and one of them a group mm -hmm. group spawn is when um nobody can come back to life until xyz number of dead people are all at the spawn point yep. at once so if it's a big enough game you say hey nobody can come back to life you need 20 dead people here when 20 dead people are here everybody comes back mm -hmm. that's a group spawn what that means is that uh that sort of fixes the amount of living players on a team in a battle game at a time so like if uh if it's like a 40 people versus 40 people that means that you will be able to kill 50 percent of the enemy team uh, before they're going to come back and reinforce and mm. keep fighting you over an objective. So that means that you have to be able to secure an objective against an enemy team mm -hmm. with 50% of them on the board if the group spawn is you know 50% of how many are on the field. Right. If it's a smaller number, it's, you know, then that that number shifts around, right? That's mm -hmm. how group spawn works. A wave spawn is when a reeve stands at base and they say um, I'm going to click this stopwatch every 60 seconds, or I'm going to blow mm -hmm. a horn or whatever, right? Whoever is here at the base, when I when 60 seconds goes by, and I blow a whistle or toot a horn or you know, honk a mm -hmm. horn or whatever, or just say, hey, you're all alive, um, it, they're all alive. That's a different dynamic than the group spawn. What the wave spawn says is that when you are pushing an objective... Mm -hmm. um, you have one minute to do it or, or whatever, whatever the, the timer, timer is, is. Designed, right mm -hmm. so if you can kill their if you can kill 60 percent of their team you know that 60 percent of their team is dead for a well, for a minute or mm -hmm. the remainder of that one minute you got one right. minute increments to make your pushes that's how you that's how that design feature is supposed to work yep um in a large battle game it's rare for people to say go to the base sit there for 60 seconds or sit there for 30 seconds or whatever and then after your time is back you go into play because people die at different times and so if you give people their own personal respawn timer what happens is there's like this infinite it's a trickle effect but cycling, the trickle yeah never it never really stops infinite trickling effect of of players always coming in yeah and so there yeah so it never really stops so what happens is that everyone's always on the field at the same time mm -hmm. now the re now what healer does that is a big giant problem is that they sit at base because they can we let them do that we gave yep. them summon corpse and in rechargeable resurrect and rechargeable summon corpse actually yep. have, you know what they have to spend uh, points for experience for not much a lot of their stuff comes rechargeable just, on demand just resurrect basically like they don't even have to no they don't that. that's just recharging. oh that's so stupid it's right they put they put they have to spend experience on greater release if they want it and then the other experience is like a freebie wherever you want to put it to whatever feels good <laughs> um anyways so so healers will sit at base where they're the most safe it's hard to get it's hard to get back there there's a front line that you got to mm -hmm. get past if you want to go kill those healers 
They'll sit at base where it's the most safe, and then players will come to their base to respawn, and the healers will cast summon corpse on them, and then they will resurrect them. And they and healers in a large battle game, healers create the infinite cycling of players. Yep. That basically is the same thing as if you didn't have a respawn mechanic and your respawn mechanic was just go, go touch your base and you go back in. Mm -hmm. And if there's battery bards there, battery bards can mend them and give them their abilities back. And it's just as good as an actual respawn. Um, yep. If there isn't battery bards, then thank God it's not exactly as bad as, um, as not having a, a wave based respawn mechanic or a group spawn. But the, but it but the fact take is that many, we were talking to Magnus and he went to spring war and he said like yep. this, this just happened like this year, he went to spring war. He said there was a battle game where there was, there was lives on each team mm -hmm. and the life count for each, cause it was such a big battle game. There's like 300 or 200 something lives or something yep. like that on each giant. team. A very, very large number. And they called the game early because they checked how many lives came out of the life pools for the teams. And they were like, this team lost like 23 lives and this team lost like 16 lives. And it had been like a half an hour or like 45 minutes, or maybe I'm exaggerating. No, but, but it was a very long time yeah. for a very small number of lives to be lost. Well, I mean, so they, 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 a, when you got back to respawn, you didn't have to respawn via that, life pool mechanic you could just wait to be resurrected which is part of the game design yeah if that's an opportunity and that's an option there is not much of a reason in a life pool game to not just wait especially if you have if you can like you're, you're standing there you're witnessing the fact that there's a battery bar to give you your abilities back and there's a healer to get you back to life yeah i mean that literally means that two classes in in a variant amount of of uh concentration can effectively render your respawn mechanic and potentially the point of your game useless and moot and stu it just doesn't work. So I agree with you in now, that. Now, in that life pool games, bard, healers now, do it. Now, the reason why this doesn't push Bard into S tier because they can exacerbate the problem yeah. with all the the batteries, right? Is because um, the, 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 because mostly because of the way that players play bard yep i think battery bard is the least played style of bards right mm -hmm. and so you don't usually run into as many of them causing this kind of problem a lot of battery bards want to be on the front lines and put their heart of the swarm out a lot of yeah. bards want to be on the front lines playing combat or in the slight back midline or back line playing crowd control bard but healer doesn't have unless you want to play healer like a wizard which you can if you mm -hmm. want to do that you can you'll have a you'll have about the same number of targets that you can cast on as a crowd control bard does mm -hmm. but you will have roughly similar longevity in your spellcasting ability as you do a wizard yeah. um because you have her life well it can maybe kind of like almost like a druid with their icy blast you have her life um innates and yes. so if you're not taking a priest archetype and you want to use your innate and your crowd controls you can kind of play almost the same game that a druid does with their icy blasts i mean perlite um, innate is just a I, scary phrase in general i don't actually i think it's a i think it's a very in, a very interesting 
design. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't think that Pearl Life Innate is what makes Healer broken. No. I think just the, the fact that they got the crowd controls and how Priest works and the ability to summon corpses and resident bases and the, a bunch of that stuff culminates together into like this class can create problems for the designer of the game. Yes. Um, and that, that pushes them in the S tier because that's that's going beyond like countering a class with your play. That's just like we gotta you gotta talk to like your your master smiths <laughs> and be, and be like, hey man, can you design a game that's like a life pool game that healer deserves? Like the point is you want healers to to be a, a shining role in a life pool game. Yeah. But you almost can't make a life pool game that healer doesn't break and obliterate right. as a game type. They just win the game. They win it or or end it before it starts. Like the designer is thinking like, yeah. well, let's do a life pool game. And then immediately the first person that looks at it goes, healer makes it work. Healer makes it win. No problems. No questions asked. We're done. And you move on. Okay. So if healer goes in terrible. It's a terrible episode for being so long. Ah, no, they'll be fine. If people want to listen to this, they'll listen to it. They want to listen to Nerds talking. Um, all right, we've got Healer. Healer did play it in the background, y'all. Yeah, play it in the background. This is a long episode. This is talk radio. All right. Uh, yeah. Monk. This is one of those other classes that you and I have talked about. Of like, how do we make Monk fit in general? Because <laughs> it doesn't. It it's a class based on an idea that doesn't fit within our idea, uh, like the rules of having to fight with weapons. It, it also has got some weird setups of abilities. Like Godric put it in D tier. I agree with Godric. And that's because, uh, monk is a class like but his personal opinion of mine monk is a class just like doesn't even make sense to me they took like a theme or a flavor the yeah. sort of D, D monk or like that jowlin martial arts master mm -hmm. or whatever and they were like let's make an amped guard class out of this so i i kind of i kind of view it a, much in the same form as archer where it's like we're trying to service a player's fantasy and it's kind of hard to be like what job does this class do mm -hmm. when a battle game start and i know people are about to immediately flare up with like well it counters ranged and cat and archers and it, it counters casters and i'm like i've got a rebuttal for that so i'm gonna toss my rebuttals in as soon as you talk first I mean, i'll let you i'll let you go over it because <laughs> the only thing i'm gonna do is i'm just gonna dump on this class and talk about how bad i think it is all right i'll give it a little bit of credit okay so Monk fits in the very weird position of having restorative abilities, AKA, you know, heal and resurrect and stuff. And also being able to use large weapons like longs and greats and stuff. Yeah. Uh, they also have the single ability in the game that I wish never existed. Um, that being sanctuary. I think it's, it's got too many problems and it should basically just be blink because that's how it's used. Um, except it's used even to more effective. All the Paragon Bards I've talked to about Sanctuary, Sanctuary is blink with better abilities, because you can come out of it behind somebody right there. Like You said Paragon Bards. Did you oh, mean Paragon? Oh, Monks, my bad. Paragon Monks I've talked to. Paragon Monks, Paragon Paragon Monks I've talked to all think that 
all, all the ones I've talked to have said, like, Sanctuary is the way you kill people when they're not expecting it. Fair. Like, it's an escape mechanic and then also an assassination mechanic because you just pick up a weapon on the ground and stab somebody with it because it kicks you out of it. Like, it's it's very yeah. weird. It, it, well, and, and, and Sanctuary kind of exists in sort of its, its own little, like, the rules that apply to Sanctuary apply to, like, only Sanctuary. Well, it applies right? to Sanctuary Nobody and else... Flight. And Flight's not even officially yeah, well, an ability. Yeah, yeah, but, but like, what I'm, what I'm saying is, like, Sanctuary is, like, I can't have weapons, and Gift of Air says you can't have weapons, but Sanctuary is, like, I can turn, I can, I can outsmart the, the words on this thing, and I can, I can turn Sanctuary into a pop-out-and-kill-you ability by just leaving my fucking swords on the battlefield everywhere for people to, to slip, trip, and fall over. I, yeah. It's, right, it's terrible. Or, or like before the game, or if you want to do it safely, you pick specific spots the players won't necessarily right. be a whole lot. But then it's like it's like a pre-game thing. Like they'll ask the champion, like, "Hey, can I drop my stuff here before the game starts?" It's, it's so, like it's it's this it's abs. It's like it's you're kind of playing this game outside of the game, and then um, and then it's a its name is isn't fitting because it doesn't do what it should be doing like it's like it, it, they designed this spell like you could like the way that it's written it reads like it's supposed to be a protective spell but they intentionally put all of these loopholes in it so that you can turn it into an offensive spell yeah because the people who play monk want it to be an offensive spell so bad and it's worked that way in amped guard for so long that we can't break the tradition well i'm so um, it does the thing as well it, it it has to be an offensive spell because it's protection the way it protects you is like it's it's hard not to exploit it's better than insubstantial because you're not affected by a bunch of like it's just such a difficult thing to get around that it literally lends itself to being an offensive ability that nobody can deal with. And they had to put all the calculations in and be like, hey, you also can't interact with game objectives. But if the game objective is to kill people, this still helps you kill people because A, it stops them from killing you, but then it gives you an opportunity to sneak behind them or stab them in a different way. It's it's the ability I, do, I wish didn't exist. I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna give my final piece about Sanctuary because right. I could I could complain about Sanctuary for a very long time. It Please, has done me a episode. lot of harm. Yeah, uh, yeah, I I probably could. Uh, like there's 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 rules clarifications that have been made because of because of like internal consistency between rules clarifications that I don't agree with, and they all started on Sanctuary. Yeah. Right? Like I've I've got personal beef with the with the ability, but my my final piece with it is that if sanctuary is supposed to be a defensive ability, you shouldn't be able to get around yeah. the no weapon clause as easily as you can. Mm -hmm. If it's supposed to be an offensive ability. It does not make sense at all. And the hybrid ability, whether into offense or defense, 
it does not make sense mm -hmm. that it has such wonky restrictions and is loopholed so much it looks like Swiss freaking cheese. Yep. So figure out what you want to do with it um, and then just make it that thing. Yeah. Uh, it's. Sorry, I'm not even talking about Monk being D tier. I'm just complaining about Sanctuary. Right. We got probably C tier. Okay. So Monk, the reason I put it in... Okay, Monk is in D tier for me, specifically because by itself, most melee classes are better than it because they can wear armor and have similar, like, stuff. Like, a monk is the counter caster. Great. That's fine. They are not a counter to any other melee, like, to any of the melee classes, which means they're, they can counteract a section and a specific aspect of four classes. Those four classes also have answers. So, like, yeah, like all of them do. Right. It, there, there's not, there's not a single way that you you take monk and go. Well, I'm counter to barbarian, or I'm counter to whatever. They're like, I'm counter to bard. You're like, that's great. The bard also can get a board and a sword and just block your shit and kill you. Like, it, monk is great yep. if you're a warlord because your stick skill will make up for the fact that your abilities are 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 a little bit not working the way they should. Like they, you, you need something else. They're missing stuff. The only time Monk extends up out of D tier and into C tier is when they have friends giving them abilities. If you give a Monk and you turn it into a gummy, there's a reason that Monks are used for gummies because their abilities are trash, but their traits are great. So you turn them into a cursed, uh, suppressed minion that has unlimited lives and can kill things consistently. And they're great because their abilities suck. Like they just don't help. So if if you're playing monk, I want you to seriously think about is this is the thing I'm doing as a monk as useful as if it could be if I was playing a different class? Because I think most of the time the answer is gonna be no. If you're really good at blocking spell balls and you're really good at blocking arrows and stuff like that, this might actually be the better class for you. Sometimes. I don't even agree with that. No. I think if you're really good at blocking arrows, good at blocking spell balls, you should be playing a class that you could, like, go find a healer, give you an imbue shield, or play a paladin and put pro mag on yourself. I, if you're good at blocking things, then block them. I mean, the, <laughs> the, so the other thing um, that's funny is the warrior has harden. A warrior with two sticks puts harden on themselves. Their two sticks are now the same thing as a monk's hands and weapons. They just don't negate the arrow. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> like... You still get to block the arrow now because your weapon's indestructible. Yeah, uh, what? and it's so yeah. So the engulfing effects will go through, right? So like the pinning arrow will hold you, and the suppression arrow will suppress you. But like, how bad do you care if you're suppressed as a warrior? Not much. Not like shake it off still works. Yeah. Right. True grit happens after you die, mm -hmm. so the suppress will go away. They're like, oh no, I can't insult people scavenge is what it matters the most on yeah i mean but that's a really specific time you have to kill a warrior you have to suppress a warrior just before they kill a bunch of people to get their armor back that's a, such a specific time frame that nobody's gonna do that it's also easier just to yeah. like point at them with finger of death and tell them to go away yeah or so, all of them i don't know there's a bunch um, of options it's not good yeah so it's like got problems. so what I, yeah so what yeah, so like what what I view about monk, why it falls into D tier for me, like I how many abilities do I think 
of theirs are good. Well, Enlightened Soul is good. It's it's really super strong as a trait. Cool. That gives them a trick. The fact that they have Enlightened Soul as a trait. That means they can basically wear two enchantments because they've got what normally is an enchantment on other people, mm -hmm. but also an enchantment slot available, right? So, Gummy, Enlightened Soul Monk, really good combo for the reasons you said above. Their abilities don't pull a whole lot of weight. Their traits are good. Mm-hmm. If um you know if you put magic armor on them, that's kind of like okay, well, it's kind of like the reverse of putting right. yeah. um of enlightened soul on a warrior. The warrior has high armor value that you can't dispel away, but you can dispel away their immunities to magic. Mm -hmm. And the monk has low value armor that you can dispel away that you might not need to if you could just bust through low armor. And but the magic ne oh, the magic never works on them, right? They always have easel. I think you get more mileage out of having the armor and just putting an enchantment on somebody because there is an everlasting ongoing debate about whether or not enchantments are too strong and there needs to be more dispels or there's too many dispels and enchantments need more help amongst the greater Amped Guard community. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that the function that Enlightened Soul performs on a monk is that it gives them some some tricks, some one-trick pony stuff. But I think that Sanctuary is this really dumb, broken thing that, you know, it's really irritating for players, but it might be the only thing that's actually good enough for the monk to, like, make a difference in a battle game to try and push them out of a tier. But for toxic reasons? Um, Just give them blink. Missile block is just funny worded harden. Uh, you know, it's it's slightly better than harden, right? I mean, it, but you don't yeah. need it if you have a shield. Magical ball block, valid. I'll give you magical ball block, right? Um, that, that's a good one. But once again, it's hard. A, yeah, but what? But once again, an imbued shield doesn't care about magic balls. And I mean, the, the amount of imbued shield, the though, is low. Yeah. Because yeah. it's got a hard cap. And, yeah, and so it's kind of like the, I can't rely on a healer to give me an imbued shield. I will play Monk where I have my own imbued shield in my swords. Mm -hmm. um, but if we look at everything else, okay, they can heal themselves. That's fine. Um, Paladin can heal their friends or themselves. Scout can heal their friends or themselves. Yeah. Druid can heal their friends or themselves. Um, I mean, like technically, Bard can heal themselves or their friends. Healers can heal their friends or their like. There, there's plenty. If, if we're looking at resurrect, healer does res. You know, healer does resurrect better. Paladin does, I think, resurrect easier than monks, but they can't recharge it. Monk might have a tiny thing over them for that, but like nobody's ever playing any class specifically to resurrect people unless they're a healer. The only people I've seen specifically be like, I like the fact that Resurrect is in my kit, is healers and is paladins. I've seen paladins who are happy with their Resurrects. So the monks paladins are have like, an easier time doing people it. people as a monk, that's like a feat of strength. <laughs> yeah, like the, the paladin has so much more lending to it because they like they have the armor, they have the board, they can sit down in front of the person they're healing or rezzing and defend themselves fairly easily without actively having to like move around and block things. They just drop the shield, put their hand behind their back and heal the person. Like I've done it. 
the uh, they opened up Paladin and Anti Paladin. I played it my first day. I immediately saw return on investment. It's <laughs> it's fantastic. The monk has to do a lot of. It has to always be trying to get its things to work. And if they're not like, it, it's always trying to make its ball block work. It's always trying to make its uh missile block work. It's always trying to make sanctuary do something. Like I think that's why sanctuary is so problematic. Is that they have to work to make it everything be offensive that they have to make their defensive ability offensive and it 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 takes well, from the rest of it and i'm gonna take my i'm gonna take my point in there where i'm gonna counter the arguments that it's the anti-ranged class and it's the anti uh magic class yeah right as an anti-ranged class archer has an arrow that counters you mm-hmm they got a gray arrow, right? It's gonna bypass your your uh, it's gonna bypass your um your missile block. Um, it's gonna bypass the magic armor that somebody's enchanted you with. It's not a verbal spell, so it doesn't care about your other traits. <laughs> like I don't care that your enlightened soul is an arrow, right? Mm -hmm. Um, even if they don't use phase arrow, um, your ability to counter pinning arrow is based based on your blocking potential right so now we go back into the argument of like how good are you at skill right um it's harder to block things with a sword than it is to block things with a shield yep and so as as a monk you are you've got these abilities that people tell you are really good but you have to make them good mm -hmm. um because you have to be you gotta be you gotta block stuff Whenever somebody, and we're going to move into the casters next, whenever somebody tells me um, that, like, oh, hey, use a monk to counter that wizard or whatever, I always think that's dumb as well because, like, um, I won't even have to use phase bolts. I bring them anyways when I'm playing wizard uh, in, in case of monks um, or, uh, or, or avatar nature druids, actually, because they're always wearing magic armor. Just throw that through them. Mm -hmm. um, but... Uh, a lot of the times it's not even about um it's not even about bypassing the magical ball block is why I use the the phase bolt on a monk. Most of the time when I use phase bolt on a monk, it's to bypass the sanctuary because I know they're gonna do some stupid stuff. Right. If I want to kill a monk with a spell ball, I need to get past their ability to guard the spell ball, which if they if they get the if they put their weapons in front of them and block my phase bolt they might beat me because they'll it'll destroy one weapon and they'll usually have another weapon and they'll hit me right mm -hmm. um but if i can get past their block entirely then i've probably killed them with the spell in which case i don't even need the phase bolt to do it if i throw a fireball at them that's a wounds kill spell ball they're probably not immune to wounds kill unless somebody put magic armor on them. Mm -hmm. If somebody put magic armor on them, I'm not going to target them. I might target them with the phase bolt to get, get through the armor, but I'm not even going to bother with the with the fireball. I might not even bother with dispelling them first. I'll probably just cast pyrotechnics on them. Pyrotechnics is like a, an exact counter to monks. Mm -hmm. Phase bolt is like an exact counter to monks. Heat weapon is a counter to monks that use a pole arm. Like, 
I'm playing the class that's supposedly supposed to be countered by this anti-caster class. And you have I answers. Have three counters. Do I have yeah. three hard counters for them? And like this treasure trove of soft counters, right? Um, and people will be like, well, I mean, wizard's supposed to be the class that's supposed to counter anything as a caster. And I'm like, okay, but am I supposed to counter my counter? Right? No. And then even unless you're and your then even counter. other yeah, and then even other casters are like, bards can repair their armor and have a sword and shield, and can, like it's a stick game between mm -hmm. the two of them. I think bards gonna. I think bard usually wins the stick game because they can wear their own armor; they don't have to rely on it from somebody else. We can also make it a solo fight. Like if you're if you're trying to hunt down a bard, they'll just push other people away, and you're like, I'm a monk against the bard, and you're like, great, that monk, monk's got a stick and a stick, and the bard's got a stick and a board and armor. Druid can buy mostly the same weapon. Oh my god! Proficiencies yeah. as, as the monk, and put the magic armor on themselves. They don't need support from other teammates. They can heal themselves more often. They also can take resurrect. <laughs> Once again, Druid is S tier, right? So yep. it's like, well, like who's who's the monk countering really? So I I don't I don't respect. By the way, Assassin? if you wanted to count, if you want to counter casters, if you want to counter casters. It's not by making you defended against magic. That would be like saying anti-paladin, barbarian, monk, and paladin are the counters to casters because they've got some immunities, right? And I think that's wrong. I mm -hmm. think the best classes to counter casters are bards and wizards, other casters. That's well, why they're I all mean... in A tier. They, they've because literally got they the ability to say shut up aura yeah yeah because they have suppress aura because they have break concentration it's you don't even have to get in there you can just be far away and say hey you can't do things that's countering a caster like especially when the 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 game is less about killing your opponent than removing them from being able to do their job because yeah, I mean, especially when we talked about healer, we talked about different different it's respawn mechanics. Form. Yeah, killing them is a form of removing them from doing their job. But if it may you've not got be a move the heavy object game, if you've got to move the heavy object game, your job is to get the heavy object to the other side. What's stopping you from doing that? Other players. Okay, so the obstacle is other players. What do we need the other players to do? They, um, if the other players, if they want, they can just stand on the side and let you do it. Right? right if they want to just lose the game on purpose so it's not the fact that they exist is your problem it's the fact that you're they're fighting you and so the only thing you have to do is stop them from fighting you and being dead stops you from fighting but so does also being frozen being awed away or somebody casting lost on you and your respawn is really far right also <laughs> they're all equally as good the the only time killing a caster is better than making them deal with a different problem such as being frozen stunned stopped awed any of those other things the only time it's better is when there's a life pool game because that could potentially delay their ability to come back and if they're resurrected they don't get their per lives back if you just kill a caster right. most casters have a lot of per lives they're like monk you killed yeah, you me just, congratulations i now got 17 spells back right now like end of con you just, bam, 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 bam. like 
it, it it's legitimately a thing that's happened in plenty of battle games. You'll watch a druid or a healer be like, I have eight teleport or four teleport, whatever the max is. They're like, I got all these teleports. Great. Teleport, 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 teleport. Well, I'm out. I don't want to wait for the bard to, you know, restoration me. Dead. Alive. Teleport, 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 teleport. Dead. Alive. Teleport. Like, right. the monk is just speeding up that process and making themselves potentially yes, less useful if they're focusing on casters. The, the monk is the other one that we need to, like, figure out a better way to put it in our game and make them fit a role. Because currently, all of the roles they could fit in are taken by something else or are way better in something else. Like, yeah, I got to say the, the Paragon, you know, and, you know, and if people love the monk class, like I don't, I don't hate anybody for liking a class. No. If you like your class, go ahead and love your class. I'm not shaming you for it, but like it ain't outside of D tier for me. No, it, there and if you're, if you're a Paragon monk, you, you had to work your ass off to make Paragon monk work. Like congratulations on literally playing the hard game because you you figured out how to make a class that's not great look good. So congratulations. Um, the other thing that I've noticed that I found ironic was that all of the Paragon monks I talked to emphasize that you need to be using Heavy Throne. And I was like, yeah, but that's not unique. There's other classes that can use it. Yeah. And yeah. And that thing gets light thrown, which is just heavy thrown, but it's, better. It's better. There's so many more you can carry. Like, there's other ways to make that work. So the fact that the monk has an ability that is not unique and takes up one of their levels, but also, like, is almost is universal across the classes that can use it, means that it's trying to rely on other things that aren't special for other classes like i i really think monk needs a rework and we don't have any reworks for it presently but we need I to think bring it up it's a ground up rework yeah from, it's got it, needs, some it needs an over okay uh, a lot i think a lot of the things that monk suffers from is tradition from older yeah. editions mm -hmm. and we got to be like look let's you know and maybe giving it enlightened soul as a trait was like a good idea in v8's exception inception because it was like this might this might give it a purpose, right? It creates and, a but, problem and, though too. And it definitely did, and it definitely did in early V eight. But I think over time we discovered that okay, that's nice, but it's a one trick pony, right? And uh, the enlightened soul for me, I have come across that it causes more problems for my friends than less. Like if I miss a spell block or not a spell, yeah, I miss a spell ball block and I get frozen, and my friends like, oh, I gotta get him out, and they go to G release me. I get to look at them like, nope. <laughs> didn't work Ooh. do it again yeah or someone looks at me and they're like oh you're at the res i'm gonna resurrect you i gotta summon your course i'm like you have to come touch me i can't take your summon dead from a distance because traits don't stop like yeah it's good and bad it's got benefits whatever either way monk doesn't get out of d tier for either of us it's just it's where it lives it needs some yeah. buffs Godric, you got it right, buddy. You Monk did. Is indeed here. It's there. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed that one. Paladin. I like Paladin a lot. Godric put it in C tier. He's wrong. I, I, 
I'm not going to say he's 100% wrong. He did a great job at marketing. Terrible job at Paladin. I, I, I'm not going to say he's wrong because I do agree with the, that because it's so new, we haven't seen a lot of what people will do with it. We also haven't seen that people know how to use it yet. So it's the same problem as Archer and Bard is like, hey, this is a great class. You should try it. And they go, cool. And then they use it wrong. It's like trying to mix your soup with a whisk. It's It technically works, in, but it's wrong. In the meta, you can go ahead and put them in a lower tier because people are sleeping on it. Yeah. Because people don't know how good it is. I, I think it's I, a strong B or A. I actually talked to a person and he came up with a... He actually came up with a, a pretty good point. A lot of people will draw the comparison. Oh, which is better, Paladin or Anti-Paladin, right? And a lot of people will be like, well, Paladin's the selfish class, and Paladin or Anti-Paladin's the selfish class, and Paladin is a teamwork class. And mm -hmm. so they're opposite flavors. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What is that on the on an argument about power and what it can affect in a battle game, right? And then people are like, well, teamwork is over always overpowered. It's like, yeah, but if your team sucks. How good is the teamwork thing, right? Fair. What if you don't have teamwork and you're playing the teamwork class? And um, so, um, but the the comparison that was given to me by somebody was, and I, I thought this is a really good way of looking at it, players who are typically, um, how to word this correctly, because I, I, I'm, I'm not quoting the person mm -hmm. who told me. So if you like anti-paladin, that doesn't mean that you are a lower skill player, but usually lower skill players usually favor classes that come pre-built with a lot of their own internal power, right? Gotcha. Yep. A lot of because a lot of a lot of people like this idea they kind of want to be the hero and uh, go out and Rambo people and be like, oh dude, I got this poison weapon, I got this brutal strike. You know, I can steal life and curse people, mm. you know, and the, the anti-paladin looks powerful on paper because they, he's got a lot of his own abilities that he gets to throw at people and punch people with. Mm -hmm. um, and usually it's the the higher tier of players who like to play with other higher calibers of players and make a team work. And when those people play paladin, they get a whole lot more mileage than usually people who play anti-paladin mm -hmm. and um, i was like that's a perspective that i don't know if i agree with a hundred percent but definitely agree with the logic in and i can respect that idea that that sort of viewpoint right mm -hmm. and um but what i think people don't realize about paladin is that I feel you know it's funny is every time we're talking about a class I'm referencing like a class that's further down the line I'm almost never referencing a class we've, we've already, already discussed we talked about <laughs> yeah so when we get to warrior uh, <laughs> you'll know why the paladin is so good oh yeah well <laughs> just like when we got to barbarian you understood the value of the anti-paladin <laughs> so yes so the so all right Let's say you need a tank. You've got a shield wall, mm -hmm. right? 
and I, and I'm going back to hearkening all the way back like two hours ago to the beginning of this video where I'm talking about you know, sort of fundamental positions in a yep. class, right? Yep. You put a bunch of people on the field, they're going to clump together somewhere, and that's mm -hmm. where most of the action is going to happen. And because most of the action is happening there, a shield or a line, a shield wall or like a line of fighters is going to form naturally. Mm -hmm. And naturally, you're going to want your tankiest people there, right? Mm -hmm. If warrior is the best at it, there has to be a second best at it. The second best at it is the paladin. Hands mm -hmm. down, period. It's not the anti-paladin. Anti-paladin and paladin are only two sides of the same coin in terms of flavor, not in terms of power. Um, the, the warrior, they get their ancestral armor. That's cool. They wear the most points of armor. That's cool. The paladin has the next most points of armor equal to the anti-paladin. Same gear proficiencies. You know, they get their they get shields. Mm -hmm. They get big mm -hmm. shields. Good. Good for walls. They come pre-built of two, two immunities. Warrior doesn't come pre-built of two immunities. Anti-paladin does come pre-built of two immunities. Anti-paladin does not have the better half of those immunities. No, it does not. Paladin can be on a line with the warriors and give those warriors immunities so that everybody can stop everybody can in immunities the or resistances mag. they can put pro mag yeah, on their friends true yeah or they can put pro mags on themselves they can play the selfish game if they want they can cast heal on themselves they can play the selfish game if they want they don't have as many selfish tools where the warrior has scavenged the paladin only heals himself Mm -hmm. but the paladin heals his friends where the warrior can true grit himself back into the fight the paladin has to bring his friend back into the fight with resurrect right. but he can do it right mm -hmm. the basically the comparison between the paladin and the warrior is almost always um the warrior has the stronger versions of something that doesn't necessarily have as much longevity. They got the better armor, mm -hmm. right? But they don't have the better immunities. They run out of the oh, yeah, ancestral armor. Mm -hmm. Paladin has immunities forever. They don't have as much armor. Paladin warriors, if they get the warriors, if they if they, they can get kills, they can get their scavenges off. He, paladins can only bring a wound back. So they got to lose it. They're kind of almost in the same position as the Barbarian. Mm -hmm. But they don't have to get a kill. They can crawl over to somewhere safe, patch themselves up, recharge to get the next heal ready, mm -hmm. go up, find a friend who's wounded, get him up, right? Mm -hmm. But we're not just talking about the fact that the, heal, that the Paladin is a good class for supporting the team and for tanking. Mm-hmm. And once again, like Anti-Paladin and comparing it to Barbarian, they can receive enchantments. So if you want to make your Paladin strong, you can enchant him with something that kills people easier. Now he can be a killer too. Void Touch and Esol are terrifying on Paladins because they're just, they're, now they're not non-stop. They don't stop to, to do anything. They just keep going. Yeah, exactly. But the fact is... Um, just because they have two immunities, it does it does not make them on par with barbarians and anti paladins. They have the best of the immunities. Mm -hmm. Immunities of duel is good. Don't get me wrong. Ice balls are all over the place, and you don't want to be hit by ice balls. 
and you do run out of promags as the as the paladin. You can't just promag yourself the whole game unless you're really good and you never get killed. Mm-hmm. So eventually, ice balls will get you if they can. If you're playing a teamwork game, you can get enchanted against it. You've got that over the barbarians. But you know what else you have over the barbarians? You have over them the woundings. You have over them the terrors. The terrors. You have over the you have the terrors over them, mm-hmm. right? I don't see agoraphobia very much, uh, but I'm pretty sure that one's also in the death school. You've got over on that. Yeah. And um, you've got over the uh, the wounding spell, right? Yes. Uh, and did you mention poison weapon? I'm getting that. So this is the big this is the big part, right? Poison weapon is not what paladins are immune to. Paladins are immune to wounds kill. Mm-hmm. poison arrows are death school poison weapons are death school the poison that comes from poison glands is still poison and is still death school imbue weapon is death school the only source there's only two ways for a paladin to die from a wounds kill attack and that is a fireball hitting them in an unarmored area mm-hmm. because fireballs deal a wounds kill wound but they are from the Yep. school and if you enchant the paladin with contagion <laughs> they become fragile oh that's it that's such a so, mean thing to if do if you want to go back to talking well it's if, as i said you can make your you can make your paladin a killer give them wounds kill right or give them give them void touch make them bust your armor faster right they're still wearing armor. If you put four points on the paladin, you might not even care that he's fragile. I know. It's not like somebody can cast wounding on him and kill him through it. No, the the the. So yeah. <laughs> but the uh, but the other thing is like um, when we go back to looking at that heal that they have. Mm-hmm. If you know that you can never die from a wounds kill attack, say for a niche fireball, your heal. Or your ability to be healed, and since you come prepackaged with it, your mm-hmm. heal carries more weight mm-hmm. than everyone else's heal. A scout has heal, that's cute, right? A, a, a monk has heal, that's cute. The paladin knows that he will get the chance to use his heal more often because poison doesn't work on him, mm-hmm. wounds kill doesn't work on him, right? right can't cast wounding on him it's got it someone's got to hit him with a thing right coup de gras doesn't work on him a lot of people talk about how hard the paladin counters the bard the paladin counters the assassin even worse everything the assassin has except for their i turn myself in get out of free spells. jail cards yep every ability that the assassin has does not work on paladins mm-hmm. whole person's command everything else is death yep it, so the paladin is the so second good. best tank. He supports his team and he counters not one, two classes. Mm-hmm. They are A tier. They are absolutely right. A tier. If you had to put them in B tier, if you had to force my hand to be like, nah, I can't be that good, put them in B, they're the top of the B tier. They're better in I, B I don't tier think they're B though. Than assassin is, even, even though Assassin is like, I don't. I think they're A. 
I, I mean, the and I don't know where they fall in A because I think between it, like because once you get into the A tier, this is the first martial class they were putting in A tier and comparing it to the casters that we put in A tier. Now we're comparing martials to casters, and that's hard. Right. So, but if but a martial class, if there's a martial class that goes in A tier, it's paladin. It's paladin. I I mean, so paladin has got it's got the immunities to deal with pretty much most problems. It's got the armor to deal with pretty much everybody else. Um, it's got the equipment to deal with whatever situation it wants to put itself in. And I can't stress this enough. After doing all of the Paragon episodes of the traditional classes, the ones I haven't got to are, are Monster and Reeve, technically. But of all the traditional classes, every melee class you need to bring multiple versions of your weapons. You need to bring as much of your arsenal as you can to the battlefield because versatility yeah, you matters. You gotta bring, I'm role-playing on the battlefield. Uh, all of the melee classes I play follow the stick god and the stick god's rule is bring more sticks. If you brought more sticks, you will win the game because it's true. Like I have a, a 48 and a half inch crush break weapon. It's a great weapon by a half inch and it's four inch padding. It's a crush break. It's great. I have that. I have a speed pole. I have a six foot pole. I have a long sword. I have sh multiple short weapons. I have javelin. Like I bring all of that to the field every time I can because it you need all that stuff. The paladin literally looks at the entire arsenal of weapons besides heavy thrown and light thrown and goes mine and use you should use it. The mm -hmm. the monk and rock. They don't get rocks. They don't get rocks. They don't get rocks. Rock. You're right. Okay. So like the other classes that get that opportunity are the warrior and the anti-paladin. Like barbarians don't get large shields, which isn't that big of a loss, but they get pretty much everything else, which is great. Bring everything. The monks don't get the shields, but they do get a bunch of the other weapons and they get medium or heavy thrown. Bring it all. Just bring it all. Like it's going to make you better. The paladin can emphasize on most of it because they have the armor to deal with the situations you're going to put them in. If you need them to be a frontline pullman, they can do it. If you need them to be part of that shield low wall, they can do it. You need them to be a flanker. They can drop some armor and become faster and go down to like two points and deal with that problem. Like, well, it, there's also something else. There's also something else I want to bring up on flanks. I didn't mention extend immunities and how people, Oh my God. It's so good. Everyone, everyone. What? It's Okay. Careful, you're about to trigger people. No, it's so good. <laughs> extend immunities. Extend immunities is a lot better than people give it credit for. People think that it's absolute garbage tier. Like people can people literally think that extend immunities is a D tier spell. Um and it isn't. Part of that is because of its frequency, right? So mm -hmm. the fact that it's an enchantment that you can recharge mm -hmm. carries a lot of weight, yes. actually. A lot of it. A lot of weight. There's very few enchantments that are anything beyond you've got this many per refresh, there's no way to get them back. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, but here's the thing. When I mentioned why Paladin is good, I compared it to the Warrior where if you're not have if you're not putting warriors in your shield wall you want to put paladins there when we get to warrior and i even mentioned it while we were talking about other classes you know warriors barbarians anti-paladins and paladins they can crush a flank 
they can mm -hmm. come in with a kill team. You got five or six of them or whatever. Yeah. And you know the the shield wall, the two walls are fighting each other, and somebody's going to run a flank with a with a group of people. Paladin's a great class to run that to run that flank with a group of people. And here is why. You do not have to have blanket immunity to run a flank. You do need to have blanket immunity to stand in a shield wall and block a whole bunch of shit and get cast and sp get spells casted on you, yep. right? Because if one guy casts a spell on you, he'll be like, oh, my stuff doesn't work on him, right? But another guy might cast a spell on you, and he'll be like, oh, my stuff doesn't work on him, right? There's going to be multiple people who might target you because mm -hmm. multiple people might see you as a priority. Mm -hmm. When you're like when you're like going kill team, if you're running in with the, with the goon squad and you're going to clobber stuff, you only need to slough one spell. Mm-hmm. They're not if you're if you're run if you're rushing in they're not usually going to have time for two spells right so the paladin can put that promag on the warrior mm -hmm. and they and the warrior might get dispelled and lose it during one engagement but on the next engagement the paladin can either put on their second promag or be selfish with it or do nothing with it maybe they're out of them they could be like hey man you know what could really kind of screw up our push is if uh is if somebody casts if, if enough like hold persons or something get cast on some of us and they're not going to cast it on the paladins because they know we're immune let's let's put an anti-command or like awe or something let's put mm -hmm. an anti let's put one slop on our warriors and our other guys running up with us right They'll slough one spell. If they get you, you'll be like, ha-ha, sucker, and then we kill them, and then I'll recharge it, and I'll put it back on you so that we're ready for the next engagement. Or maybe they're running a lot of death magic. Um, you know, uh, a pocket finger of death from a wizard oh, yeah. is a good spell to cast if your team is getting rushed. you got to kill the enemy team as fast as possible. What's a fast way to kill them? A verbal. Mm -hmm. um, so you give them an immunity to death. Um, or like... Or like once again, maybe and maybe your warriors aren't perfectly armored up, and maybe like part of what's gonna try and save your line from getting flanked is casting is like hitting people with poisons or wounds kill weapons. Well, you give that warrior a a uh, an immunity to death, and it can convert a wounds kill wound into a regular wound if it's coming from like a poison weapon. Mm -hmm. Um, and so. You know, and just like there's a lot of things that you'd want to do to warriors. Like warriors yes. don't like it when people cast wounding on them because they're wearing a shit ton of armor. For a give them a slough against that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's such a good so, spell, and you didn't emphasize on the best part yet. The best part is that it's it's extraordinary, not so magical, which means you can give it on essence grafted players. It doesn't care about those limitations. You can give it on people who already have another enchantment. It doesn't count against the limit. Um, so a lot of people think it's a watered-down, crappier, adaptive blessing. And they're looking at it wrong. It does. You use it the same way you use adaptive blessing. It, uh, like a, a, Any resistance is only going to be as useful as just slapping one spell, so they're kind of only mm -hmm. useful on, like, kill squads that rush in, yep. and then you put it back on them, right? So it, it does the same thing, but it's rechargeable. 
It doesn't count against the enchantment limit, which Adaptive Blessing also doesn't count against, but Adaptive Blessing you can't wear with other protection enchantments. Mm -hmm. That limitation does not apply to extend immunities. Dun, dun. So you can put it on your, you can put it on your warrior who's wearing his ancestral armor. Or you can give a warrior you don't have to dump all of the expensive stuff on the warrior. If you've run out of pro mags and e souls, or you want to save those for later in the game or something, put the cheap stuff on them. Give the warrior immunity to sorcery, and then give him an uh, an extend immunities against death or something, mm -hmm. right? Um, so he's got cheap stuff on him that's not digging into the barrel, you know, dig digging into like the the high quality stuff that you know some of your enchanters want to give out. Or maybe you're restricting your best enchantments for your favorite players. Um, you can hand these out to your less mm -hmm. favorite players it's... that can still buff themselves with their own protective things. Right. The the extend immunities, which I will agree, extend immunities sounds like it should be immunity, but it's resistance. And if the buff goes through to change it to immunities instead of resistance, it's just going to make this spell better. But... I love putting extend immunities command on my casters because as soon as they get up on the field, someone's going to run up to them and be like, I command these to press. And they're going to go, don't care and finish the incant. And it's great. It It's us. It's the immediate time that they need it. It works. It has done the job that it requires. And that other person now has to figure out like they cast a spell. They figured out it failed. Now they have to respond. They don't normally have enough time to respond with a second one. Like it's very rarely that does someone go like, I command they suppressed, same target, I command they suppressed. Because that's not the thought process. That's not the normal thing that's happening. It's an it's an outlier. They have to take the time. Right. They recognize, they calibrate, they reset. That's enough time for whoever's doing the attack or whoever's doing the casting to deal with that problem or let the paladin take the step in. The resistances are almost always overlooked because they're a one-time thing. But in a push, they're fantastic. They're amazing. Extend immunities being rechargeable and extraordinary is so good. It can't be put on more than one person. In a push. Yeah, in a push. In a push. And only a push. It really doesn't work anywhere else. No. They are just as good as an immunity. Mm -hmm. You only got to slough one thing as long as you're... Pushing. I will I will say it's you as good as enough to take the ground. It's as good as an in a push on either side. Because if you're getting pushed and that bard yells out awe to try to push your line, you didn't take the awe because you got that immunity. You got the yeah, resistance. They're likely Yeah, but especially like if especially if it's a bard casting awe, like yeah. that specific example, bards have to try and hit as many different targets yep. as possible. So even if you call a resistance, they still might just change target anyways mm -hmm. because it's second nature to them, Yep. right? Yep, it's it's real tricky. The resistances throw a lot of people off and I think they should be used more. The fact that the Paladins is extraordinary and rechargeable makes it really good. It can only be on one person at a time. You can only have one active use of this, but that doesn't mean you can't get it recharged. If you have, like I, we, we mentioned plenty of times, a paladin gets a paladin counters a bard almost entirely because of the schools that he's immune to. A paladin also is the best buddy for a bard because if you two are if you have a battle bard with a little bit of, of uh battery in him, those two are going to be very, very difficult to stop. Because if you run into another paladin, which would be the counter to that, 
you have now a two-on-one with some armor, including an armor breaker using the bard, and you can deal with the shoves and the stuns if you need to to get that paladin out of the way. A paladin and a bard together are going to be very difficult to deal with because as soon as the bard or the paladin uses something, the bard confidences him, gives him it back, make sure it's ready to go, and the paladin and the bard can work together to make themselves immune to basically anything they want and just keep right. going. Right, and I mean, if you think about it, so so let's say let's say it's a bard and a paladin that are facing up against like another paladin, right? So like, and I mean, it's a two to one, so mm-hmm. you're gonna usually win that engagement anyways. But if we're looking at the fact that like a bard who's by himself who goes up against a paladin, the bard can't awe the paladin. The paladin can awe the bard. Yep. Unless the bard has song of determination up, right? Which is but another if you've got mental a paladin state, yeah. friend. Your paladin. Your paladin friend, now let's take the other paladin out of the equation. You're not fighting anybody. Your paladin friend can provide the healing to you that you can't Mm -hmm. provide to yourself. Yep. You can provide the mens to the paladin that the paladin can't provide to Mm themselves. Good combo. Extend immunities not counting against your enchantment limit means that you can just like get like a pro death or a pro command and then use your other song. And you don't need to do this silly, like, give me an attuned and then no second enchantment as the mm-hmm. as the bard. You could just be like, no, I like paladins, man. They just give me give me a thing that doesn't count towards my enchantment limit. Has no restriction against protection school, which all the songs are. All bard spells are. All bard songs are. It's... Um it's so Helen good. is in a tier. Objectively, do not argue with me this. They no. are a tier class. They're good. They're fantastic. If this buff goes through, I don't think it puts them into S tier. The the buff, by the way, is is their awe stays the same. Their greater immunity or their extend immunities changes to actual immunities, which just makes it way better. Their heal turns into a greater heal, and their res turns into a greater res. Right. Something like that. I think they. So yeah, the proposals that the proposals that are going to be uh, going to GOTC this year uh, would be buffing the paladin, because despite what I say and what Merrick says, um, most of Ampguard still thinks it's a weak class. So they're going to be getting. So they might get. Once again, all the monarchs have to pass this, right? They might get a better heal. I actually think it'd be kind of cool if they had greater heal. Um, and it's not even because, like, I think they should be able to bypass Curse with it. I just think that I don't think it's appropriate for them, for them to have Swift Heal. Because mm-hmm. I don't like Swift Heal. I think it's too good and easy. But I think that they should have a faster heal. Because mm-hmm. I think Heal as just a spell is um, it finds itself in this challenging environment to have, like, frontline healers. Because, like, frontline healers is basically just swift healing people. Because mm-hmm. it's not easy to cast this long in-camp that heal has. And I think that Paladin shouldn't have the kind of same power that the healer has. But they should be able to kind of fulfill almost that sort of frontline healer role. Mm-hmm. Ki- kind of. A little bit, right? They're not primary healers. They are an excellent class in that they have limited healing ability um while they go in and hold lines and push flanks and and bruise people with kill teams Mm -hmm. right um so 
giving them the buff for greater heal i think is acceptable giving them the buff to greater resurrect might be overdoing it and we're gonna find out um we're gonna find out uh what it because if you think about it they've got two pro mags right but if you give them greater resurrect whoever they resurrect with that pro mag so that's almost like giving them four pro mags um almost i mean it, it makes them have work two of them together of more but yeah yeah the, the amount of team synergy that this team synergy class already has is about to just be like <laughs> yeah let's go to the moon all right to the moon paladin is a fantastic scout scout got a buff congratulations it was a better buff than even the uh the rules reps uh were asking for so that's fantastic um the rules reps are just looking for anything and that's why they put like the worst possible <laughs> that being said and so it was like it was really nice for them to get that times five and times ten yeah yeah the, d tier the that yeah that being said they're they're still like they have the potential and i say the potential to be in c tier if you're good with a bow and spell casting that's a very small venn diagram like that venn diagram as far as i understand is basically hogman and um hogman's better at playing a druid because the thing that you're doing is you're taking the role of an armored like enchantment hunter you put armor on yourself in in the druid version you put armor on yourself you get a bow you get some spell balls and then you go hunt people with enchantments by dispelling them and shooting them in the chest scout can do the same thing without the spell balls and they don't have to put the armor on themselves enchant wise that doesn't make them better it just means that one aspect of the druid that is powerful is an aspect the scout can do slightly worse which means it's better just to be a druid Sorry. I don't I don't have much like basically. Like it's better to be a dream. Yeah. So my heart I don't hate Scout. Like I actually no. do dislike Monk as a class and I do dislike Archer as a class. But I don't dislike Scout as a class, right? Agreed. And so my heart wants to put it in C tier just because I, I I like it. <laughs> But um, I can't really justify it very easily. It's Scout has a job, and what that job is, is outperformed by Druid if you want to turn it into a sort of half-caster, half-bow user. Yep. If it's to dispel people, boy, Scout is the best marshal at it, but he's still worse at it than... The wizard all the casters who have, who have access to it yeah. i mean he only outclasses the bard in it because bard doesn't have dmag exactly if <laughs> like, bard had if bard had dmag then bard would outclass scout at dmagging even if it was like even, oh, well okay i was about to say even if it was per refresh and not rechargeable because that's what healer has is per refresh not rechargeable um dmag because they have it at fifth level yeah so maybe Scout is Scout's climbing the ranks in 
who do you want on your team that can demag people, but he's still worse than the casters. I'll give them credit on this thing. They can do something that is pretty cool. A scout's uh, dispel magic is extraordinary, so they don't need an open hand for it, which means that if you are using a bow, or if you're in the middle of fighting a melee, Scout's pushing up the ranks on their ability to dispel people, but the other people who have primary access to dispel, mm -hmm. and so that means just not healer, because their access to dispel is essentially secondary. Um, primary access to dispel on a wizard, it's better. On a druid, it's better. Scout has this neat trick that they can do if they're dispel, because it's extraordinary. Mm -hmm. They don't need an open hand. You can, like, string a bow and aim at somebody, and, like be like readying that shot as you're about to like remove their magic armor mm -hmm. and then and then loose the arrow and kill them but that's not a game winner that doesn't that doesn't make their dispel not really like the power of dispel is usually the speed at which you can cast it and its frequency wizard has the frequency druid has the speed at which you can cast it mm -hmm. and they can supplement frequency mm -hmm. um at a worse rate than the scout can supplement frequency because they can get theirs at times 10 where the scout is times five. Yep. The fact that scout got times five dispel magic means that now at least we have an option and we don't have to force people to play wizards and druids. Right. And according to Magnus, when he went to spring war, he said that people are doing that in Texas because they're not trying to get rid of these damage enchantments around them so i think scout is is going to try really hard to climb out of d tier but like the only thing that scout has for it to try and push it out of d tier is the fact that it has rechargeable dispel magics it needs more of all of its abilities uh, yeah if you want to play if you want to play a bow primary class Assassin's probably better than Scout because Assassin has more escape mechanics. Mm -hmm. Scout has tracking that counters Assassin's, but if Assassin's like just keep going in sub, you can actually like out out supply the Scout because the Scout's got to recharge their tracking. It's it's not it's not fantastic. Um, like the thing that they're kind of like everybody initially is like, oh, they're the counter to Assassin. They're not really because the Assassin immediately, I mean, level three immediately has yeah, more well, removals. Oh. yeah yeah it's like they'll pull them out of insubstantial um, no they'll pull them out of insubstantial once twice and yeah. then they're done and then like they have to recharge and the the assassin goes okay i'll use my blinks or teleports or the other shadows like got too many things yeah. um yeah and and by the way i don't know the answer to scout either um because i don't i don't hate what scout has a lot of people hate their adaptive blessing i guess that's the adaptive blessing i think if we bump it to an adaptive protection it'll make it much more usable the problem is by having adaptive protection it kicks them out of being able to have other protections cool spell enchantments which their evolution emphasizes on them getting an additional enchantment which most of the better ones for them are protection so it plays counterproductively into itself, right? Yeah, kind of. I I don't even I don't think that I don't think that this is answered by just a strict power buff by turning their 
No, uh, uh, they've probably got to be rebuilt again. This into an immunity, right? It's um so like that's the least interesting ability. And so like most scouts are like, I don't care if you just got rid of this. Please replace it with something that's more fun, more engaging, more powerful, more something, right? Mm -hmm. And I think there's design space on the scout. Like they have opportunity. If like here's the thing, they have three points of armor. If they had access to medium shields, just the fact that they have evolution would like turn them. If they have access to medium shields, they like jump straight up to A tier. I mean, <laughs> like, they'd get a lot low end better. A tier, high end B tier. Because yeah, because well, because you could put them on the front line and be like, dude, they can put you could put two enchantments on them every life. Just, just it's a build your own class, right? Mm -hmm. um, there was a time where people were saying, "Hey, give scouts javelins because it's thematic." And I said, I at the time I said, "Don't give scouts javelins because now we're giving them a six foot weapon and they can wear two enchantments." So scouts are going to find this new niche where they stand as the second line in a shield wall and they're going to stab people mm -hmm. with, with javelins, which isn't as good as like a great which isn't as right. good as a crush it, break. It can't be a crush break. It's only a but stab weapon. Still, right. But it still gives them range. They might be able to snipe people if, like, wounds kill stuff. They might have immunities packed onto them because mm -hmm. they've got double enchantments. Ha turning it into a build-your-own class would give them this sort of, like, I think they would find a position right there mm -hmm. uh, if they had access to javelins. And previously I said, don't do that because we, we could be making them too strong. And nowadays I'm like, we got to put them somewhere. This class needs help. Maybe give them javelins and see if somebody with evolution can make them turn into something good. Right? I don't know. Um, it needs some buffs. It's it, it needs some work. It needs some love. I think I think we're we're very much in agreement that like monk and archer, which are the other ones we put in D tier or around D tier, are they need they need complete reworks. But the scout kind of just needs some like larger tweaks. But we don't want to get yeah. rid of it. Like it's got the right feel yeah, and it plays a role, but it's not the best for that role in any case. It's too jack of all trades. I think Monk needs major overhaul. I think yeah. Archer needs minor to moderate overhaul, and I don't think Scout needs an overhaul. I think they just need moderate tweaking. I mm. think they just need like up the frequencies on this. I. Part of me thinks that what something that you could do that could actually like maybe put push scout up in the tiers because I don't think their abilities suck. I just think that they've got this ammo problem maybe, and mm -hmm. if they didn't have the ammo problem quite as hard, then they could um, take take one of their abilities every life and sort of favor mm -hmm. what its direction is and just lean into that mm -hmm. right um having uh if you want to heal and release people on your team and play this martial class that supports um it's too slow by just making it rechargeable right so what they, so what they could do is they could give them innates every life and they could be like look i've got i've got per life innates just like the healer i got like two of them per life that means if I want to go dispel heavy, I've got three dispels for life. Or if mm -hmm. I want to like support my team and release and heal them, I can just be like innate some stuff. I'm gonna do something nuts. Give them like a charge times five innate, two per life, and, and they'll be like this. They'll be this martial class 
that works very similar kind of to a caster. It'll probably feel like a caster kind of, but it will be firmly in the realm of martial class because it doesn't have the crazy point by yeah, system. Yeah. It doesn't have quite the amount of versatility in, 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 in build styles, but it will have this way that you could um, take a class that has mm -hmm. limited abilities and really broaden out its flexibility in how to use those abilities by picking and choosing which ones you want to have want to saturate yeah. in a given life. I think that's I think that's a good change, and we should push that. I mean, we can even put that through the the rule. I mean, as rules rep, uh, we I can write something up for you, I and then you can submit it for I mean, it. I mean, I would, I would, I would totally love to submit it. I think what would happen, I can, I can almost guarantee this would happen. If I were to say, uh, if I were to submit it and be like, this is a good fix to scout. We can make scout good. I think people are going to be like, we just changed scout. We're going to have to sit and with it for a while. Not just enough. No, need yeah, to change it again. No, uh, but I, I'm pretty sure that's the pushback that I would get. Right. Anyways, Either D tier, God, you got it right. Yep. All right, Warrior. Uh, Warrior for Godric was in A tier. And I am inclined right. to disagree slightly. Okay. Now, there's an asterisk attached to this. I think it... I, Marshall? Yes. There, There's an <laughs> asterisk because of one thing. Wait, really? S tier Marshall? Yeah. Okay. Warrior can be countered by most casters fairly straightforward and easily right that also means if you didn't bring the thing to counter it you're completely fucked like no questions asked if you didn't figure out a way to make sure that that uh that warrior isn't going to run you over you have lost the game like they're the very early in v8 uh, a lot of what we saw coming out of it was heavily, heavily, heavily loaded warriors and six points of armor with a bunch of enchantments, two flails, and just running through crowds. And people were figuring out that you need to just demag that dude immediately. That's changed now, but it's gotten even harder, I think, because it's spread out more. Instead of loading him up with a bunch of things all the time, you load him up with stuff systematically, and that warrior will constantly every single time take out 10 to 20 people because he's got six points of armor they've got six points of armor and something else like the contagion build on a warrior is outrageous it is straight up just murder hobo all day long you give them two flails or two sticks or whatever and they don't they don't care because that wizard gave them a persistent contagion and now their job is to kill as many people as possible and they can do it because they have six points and scavenge and wounds kill. The, the, the fact of the warrior not, if you don't plan to deal with the warrior, you will end up losing. That's where I can fit it into S tier. Does that mean that every warrior that steps on the field is going to be an S tier fighter? No. Does that mean that every warrior that I come across, I'm expecting S tier play from? No. I'm saying if you put a moderately to good stick fighter in six points of armor and drop one or two enchantments on him or none, but just let him go, that player will wreck face. And there is very few classes that can actively deal with that person if they're moving. A 
a bard, a druid, a healer, a wizard have answers to that problem if they're fast enough and smart enough to get those casts off before the warrior deals with the problem. Before the warrior becomes their face problem because they've charged them within the 20 feet. 20 feet is not very far in open field. In Over, over bodies, it's a lot of people. It's very hard to run through 20 feet of people. But 20 feet of open field is not a very far distance. And if that warrior has practiced in that warrior in that armor, they're prepared to do the running. They're prepared to do the killing. They're really hard to deal with. So I want, I, I put the majority of warriors is a tier and there's a small percentage I put into S tier because as soon as like, uh, Steve is an example of who I put into S tier. Cause I know as soon as he steps on the field, he's like, I'm ready to run a six K in this. And he's got plate mail on and we're like, great. Slap an enchantment on him, let him do a couple laps. He comes back, slap a new enchantment on him, run a couple laps. Like, he just doesn't stop. And that's that's yeah. that's the kind of player that I look at and go, cool. I never, like, if they're on my team, I don't have to worry about where they're at because they're going to be causing damage. And if they're on the other team, I have to go, okay, two to three people have to be on that person at all times because that is the problem. We can't put a melee person on them because they have six points of armor. It's too hard to break through at all. We can't put just a caster on them because they will chase them down and kill them too quickly. We can't put just a two-man team on them because they might survive and deal more damage. And because of scavenge, they're probably going to. So it's a three-man team at least. That's an S-tier class for me if the person has done the work to put it in. So for me, I agree and disagree with Godric and you about the the fact that Warrior is an A tier. It's definitely an A tier, but I think it can fit into S tier with the right endurance. You know, no, here's the thing. You might have sold me, actually. And because the reason why is the Warrior has only one weakness, which is magic. Yep. It really doesn't have any other weaknesses, right? <laughs> if you take casters out of the equation, Warrior beats everyone hand, yeah. like hand like hands down right if you take casters out of the equation warrior beats everyone basically like, um the only thing that any and, other classes deal with is awe like the cast the 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 anti-paladin and paladin can bring awe to the table but they can only bring a limited amount of it yeah well, and like, well, here's the thing, like they can, they bring a limited amount of awe and the warrior doesn't need unlimited shake it off to get past the awe. No. Right. We don't need unlimited shake it off to get past the whole persons that like assassins and scouts can throw out there. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, and not only that, but like, okay, like an assassin and a scout can hold person, the warrior and like get around them. Um, They'd have to work really hard to get through they all six to hit, points. They have to hit the warrior to kill him. You know, they just have to fight the warrior, right? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, no, I think you. I mean, I was gonna put warrior in like A tier and be like, this is like this is the martial class that we have to put in A tier and just not ask questions, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Because um because because back to the fundamentals right somebody has to be taking all of the damage and being mm -hmm. the thing that sits on a field and just doesn't go away and that is warrior but you could be right if you just put immunities on the warrior it is the juggernaut i we had um, this discussion like a week ago we were trying to debate who which class namp guard can deal the most damage and i mean and, and damage 
directly is translated by armor. Yeah, like if you're a warrior and you can keep killing, you keep killing. They're like they're infinite kill cycles as long as something as long as they don't come across something with too big of a defense. Like if a warrior runs into another warrior, those warriors should both look at each other and turn off to the other speed bumps and deal with those because they're way more effective to deal with the speed bumps than they are each other. I think I think I, I think I can agree with you that warrior belongs in S tier. The only thing that makes me feel weird about it is to say that warrior being in S tier means that it is playing the role of a martial class better than most of the caster classes play as a caster class, right? Yes. Because our healer is nebulously in the A tier. Our bard is nebulously in the A tier. When I am probably going to put wizard in A tier mm -hmm. because I think it's fun and good and strong and everything's, you know, hunky dory about it, but it's not druid. It's not S tier. No. To, for me. And to put warrior into S tier is like, we're kind of putting this martial class in a tier that's above some it's above some casters. But think about it. Think uh, it. It kind of. But they're definitely is. the S tier of the marshals. Yeah, I think they could be the S tier. Yeah. Uh, I, okay. Given given good enough stick or tactics, a warrior. And I'm not saying like warlord level stick. I'm talking like sixth order of the warrior seventh order of the warrior level stick some decent stick but you're still going to take sure. hits no matter what that level of warrior can output the more kills pretty much across any of the classes faster than a healer can res them yeah because i mean how long does it take to swing a stick three times which is the average amount of times it takes to kill any other any extra class like Wizard doesn't have armor, scout right. has up to three, paladin has whatever. It's three shots is the average amount of times it takes to kill something. That's without crush break. So one, two, three is is like a second. The healer has to go through the res spell. It has to go through the summon dead, the the swift res, and then it has to recharge an innate to recharge the res and then use an innate to recharge the summon dead, and then it can start the cycle back again. That's I mean, at best, five or seven, five to seven, probably ten seconds a piece. Where that warrior in that time frame could have killed through like ten people. It also could have soaked ten damage, which means that it's stopping those kills. Yeah, I mean, six points yeah. on all parts of your body is a is really ridiculous. If you think about it, it's it's six points on your legs. It's six point on each leg. It's six point on torso. It's six point on your arms. You have so much HP. It just it just make it just makes me feel like a heretic to say that any class go it go belongs in a tier above some of the casters, but I mean you know what it's gonna be it's a video it's gonna go on people can discuss on YouTube, this but it's like gonna go this, this is my argument people for can it. throw their comments people people can discuss it with us it's uh you know let's let's counter let's be heretics let's spout heresy. Warrior can be S tier. It is the martialist of mar. It is the martial class. It is the building block that all classes that are martial are built around. And it's better at most of it than they are. Like it, the the only thing that it fails to do is it doesn't really have get out of free jail cards. It has a oh shit slick. Like 
It has an oh shit button, which yeah. is it's it's well, it has two. It has true grit and it has shake it off. True grit. Yeah. So yeah. like the assassin has the ability to get out of there and leave and survive. The warrior is just like, well, it happened, and then pops a, a med pack and keeps going. Like <laughs> it's it's really hard for me to not just look at it and be like, okay, what can the anti-paladin do? The anti-paladin has innate immunity, so it can deal with casters better. Great. Archer doesn't matter for this thing because they don't overlap in what they do pretty much at all. Assassin is going to get small, quick kills, but the warrior can get almost as efficiently the same kills. It just means it's taking damage. The barbarian does deal more damage to things with armor than the warrior does, but the warrior has enough armor to compensate against it and can fix the armor back so much faster and easier. Bard's got CC on it, but warrior also has insult it's not gonna be as effective because of that but it definitely outclasses in the melee aspect the druid the druid is s class it's very hard to beat against the druid but i mean a one-on-one -on -one fight i a one-on-one -on -one fight the druid's gonna win because of its cc if the druid didn't bring the right cc to deal with that warrior it's dead end of like if if yeah. the warrior watches and watches that druid lose its icy blast it's it's uh ice balls and it's entangles i mean even if it keeps its entangles that warrior with a hardened shield or two stick and an imbued or and uh ancestral armor can take that shot on the chest from the ice ball the entangle and take it hit the point and still kill that druid even if the druid's an avn avn aon um they output more damage than the healer can compensate. The monk is irrelevant because a, a warrior able to chase down a monk will kill it. The paladin does have the Oz to deal with it. But it, in the end, the warrior's got more points. Scout doesn't have anything to deal with the warrior besides shake it off. And then the warrior is just going to step out using uh, uh, shake it off. Wizard's got a lot more potential against it. But that the, the warrior's point is not to kill the wizard the warrior's point is to kill all of the melee people in front of it as fast as possible which could be potentially faster than the wizard because the wizard has to say verbals which take five or six seconds to say or cast spell balls which take the right. time it takes to travel so i i like a good warrior is an s class a bad warrior if you're bad at sticking once again if you're bad at stick and bad in fighting and armor the warrior is going to fall short so I agree. Well, anyone, that... anyone, can, anyone can play badly enough to be in D class, but not everyone can play good enough to be an S class. This is true. But most of the time I see a person in six points of armor and a purple sash, I'm going to assume they're an A tier. If I know their name, I probably going to put them in S tier because I know what they're doing. Like there might be a few yeah. of those exceptions, but I mean, like, even Mabtic is a, a a four Paragon caster. He has all the caster classes. He's a Paragon in all four. He's not a small dude. Mabtic's a tall dude. Mabtic in four points of armor with the warrior abilities is still terrifying. Like, it's four points of armor in somebody that knows how to do the casting stuff. They're going to get through what they need to. I think warrior fits in S tier with an asterisk, but it... it Every time I see a warrior on my team that's got the kit, it's an A tier. Yeah. Wizard. Yay, wizard. Your specialty. A tier. Uh, I love the class. Oh, it's, it's not S tier. It's <laughs> it's got one flaw that's keeping it back from being a S tier. What and would you say that flaw is? 
they got terrified of the power it had in V7 and made Warlock bad. So I don't think that they made Warlock bad uh, because of the fear of the power that they had in V7. But you're basically right. They got scared of... they like they, What they did in V7, which made them too good, is that they had... Um, a lot of their spell balls worked the way that Sphere of Annihilation does now. Which which is it they did not they ignored armor and they just straight up killed you. Yeah. Fireballs did it, lightning bolts did it, and uh and the SOA did it. Um and what made it really strong in version seven is that spell balls, the amount that you could carry onto the field worked differently than they do in version 8. Mm -hmm. In version 8, you get them based on how many you purchased. In version 7, you were just allowed to have 12, period. And you could mix and match however many that you wanted, mm -hmm. but you could only have as many, like, active, ready-to-be-thrown-in-your-hand-at-a-time as what you purchased mm. or in the cases of like ice ball and entangle you were only allowed to have that many enemies on the field uh frozen or at a time, at time based yep. on how many that you purchased um but the fact is like lightning bolt straight up killed people and you could get it at second level for one point and then you could put 12 of them in a bag there's so many kills that's yeah so, yeah so version seven kills. Wizard was totally S tier. They also had enchanted people with imbue weapon yeah, and pro right. mag. They had access to both of those to give people. In V8, they took that away, and that was the right decision. <laughs> I'm a little sad that they took away reanimate which turned into Undead Minion and gave it to healers mm -hmm. and made Necromancers a thing, because I think Warlocks with Undead Minions would have been cool, too. Um, but I can live with it. But what puts Wizard in the A tier, being that I believe all casters belong in the A tier just because of their versatility of builds, yep. um, is just the fact that like Wizard has a role, the role is to be the caster class that has an answer to just about everything. Mm -hmm. And they fulfill that role. They have an answer to everything. They also deal if they need damage. to kill. Yeah. And they deal damage. If they need to kill a monk, I got counters for monks. If they need to kill warriors, I got easy counters for warriors. Mm -hmm. I've got lots of ammo as a wizard. If I want to, and just build my whole spell list around just having 30 of one spell, I can do that. Mm -hmm. Um, the ability to the different archetypes are i think wizard probably has some of the best archetypes not in terms of like strong and powerful but in terms of like how should we design a class yeah and the well like yeah. if they got a spellball archetype and it does the fucking job they've got the battle mage archetype where it's very much its own play style it's running around mm -hmm. a whole lot usually those types of wizards play on the flanks a whole bunch instead of just standing in sort of the midline and just blasting people with spells mm -hmm. warlock is sad because um the way that its uh, spells worked kind of narrowed out in a way honestly the biggest problem with warlock is that they lost the access to dispel magic if they still had dispel magic 
people wouldn't care that you're playing Warlock or how narrow your ability to cast certain spells on people are because they'd be like, well, at least that wizard on our team is always useful because he can dispel somebody. Yeah. But like, now you got to get around dispelling people. If somebody's coming up against you with magic armor and you're playing a Warlock, like, your closest answer to that is Phase Bolt or SOA. You're playing a Ball Wizard, and Warlock doubles your verbals, right? Mm -hmm. And, it's like, the closest verbal you have to answer that is, like, Destroy Armor, which only hits one location. I mean, I guess... It's not... If, it doesn't work. It's wound, not good. If they're not immune to death, you could do wounding and try to make them stop moving. Yeah. <laughs> like... You can do wounding and in place basically a stop. Whenever I play Warlock, I just I use I go heavy on lightning bolts, I go heavy on entangles, and I go heavy mm -hmm. on drag below. And the uh the style behind it is just like if as long as we can stop them somehow. So like in that mm -hmm. regard, a warlock likes scouts, they like assassins, and they like archers with a lot of pinning arrows. They like healers have hold person they like other wizards who are going heavy on hold person so there's a lot of people that you can work with if you are a warlock um but the dynamic for warlock play is just like not like it's it's objectively uh it's harder it's harder to play a warlock yes but flavor-wise, I think they did a great job to be like, let's double some spells, but narrow how they like right. give them lots of ammo, but narrow out what kind, what how many, what what they can actually cast. It, it's very so, similar to Dervish, in that sense. But Bard is already narrowed in their their schools, so they didn't have to be narrowing in their schools. They were already like, well, you get double uh, double verbals, and you're like, okay, well, most of them are command to death and a little bit of sorcery. So great, okay get more of those right i wonder if the answer i wonder if what would have fixed what would have made warlock more playable is instead of making it to where you cannot purchase spells other than death and flame is to instead put a maximum purchase limit on your spells other than death and flame maybe at, to something really small like, like two like what druids have with enchantments what if it was and then uh, in that all case of the, you know, those are double like the the purchase um cost is doubled so like if you want dmag you can get dmag it just costs you two points for one well so the problem is uh pen spending two points for one dmag it's it's still going to be rechargeable so they'll always buy it and even oh, yeah, with my point. implementation they would always buy dmag because even if they could only buy two of them they'd be like okay i'll just recharge it all the damn time. right right and they could still they could still dump a whole bunch of points into innate and they could recharge it that way with the name. Mm -hmm. But the whole, th but what's interesting about Warlock is if you want to play a Warlock, it, you know, it's fun to kind of have a bunch. If you're playing a Wizard, you can have a bunch of spells that you, you can purchase all of the ones that come pre-rechargeable, and then you can mm -hmm. make two of them an experience spell and dump all of your points into innate and play kind of like a spontaneous spellcaster. You're like a sorcerer from D and D, mm -hmm. and kind of have like a mana pool. Um, but if, if you play Warlock, you want to do not that, because even though, like, even though wounding is rechargeable, mm -hmm. right, comes rechargeable, it just comes that way, right? You don't want to buy a whole bunch of innates in case you want to recharge your wounding. If you are a Warlock, you want to make maximum efficiency out of the fact that you've got doubled frequencies when you buy the spell. Right. So... 
buy a bunch of woundings, buy a bunch of drag belows, buy a crap load of drag belows. Mm. Drag be like finger of death is dumb. Don't buy finger of death as a warlock. Maybe buy one of them so you have two of them so you've got something you can scare people with. Yeah, uses the bluff cast. Um, yeah, bluff casting, or if you uh, or if you are in an emergency, right? When you're in an emergency, you have to finish the spell, and you mm. won't have it anymore because you've used it. But it's fine because you got through the emergency. That's what mm. it's for, right? Um, but if you want to have maximum killing potential, warlock is basically just playing the dragged below class, mm -hmm. which was what a lot of battle mages do. Anyways, that's a tangent. I think wizard is designed really well, and it it works. It does a whole lot of things that it does. I wish warlock was not as stuck. Was not as like. It, there's more variety that you can do with the yeah. other archetypes. It feels like between evoker yeah, and yeah, battle mage than what you yep. can do with warlock. Um, but warlock still like it. It it excites the. The, the the flavor it, yeah, it makes the yeah. taste buds tingle for like feels right it's so. it's exciting okay but i think i don't wizard's not weak it no, can't, no, it, no wizard's no, no, no. not weak it's not fall it, it's just damage output alone it cannot fall below a for me i don't it think just, you can even fall below a if you don't know what you're kind of crazy crap like yeah it's such a simple straightforward class and all of its abilities are like hey what does it do oh lightning bolt just stops people and does damage fireball like kills people and you know the rest of these are like they're pretty straightforward there's none of this like really heavy complexity that some of the other classes have that you need to know how everything works in order to build the right stack this one's just like what do you yeah. do i throw this they dodge or die great plan and it even like if you, even if you just buy 30 shoves at level one oh you can God. just continuously just make people tired and making yeah. people tired that's a bill. People do that, and it's aggravating and awful. I, I literally but told one of my apprentices it. to do that at one point. Like, I was like, yeah. he's like, I only know one spell. I only know shove. And I was like, that's perfect. That's all you need. I'm gonna be a a, a heart of the swarm, and you're gonna just point at people and tell them to run away. And you know what happened? They did, and they ignored us because like, I don't want to fucking play yo-yo back and forth for 45 minutes with this goddamn dude that took 60 freaking shoves because he's like i'm level six i got a dagger and i got dervish and everything else is shoved and he's like right. that's mean and if hysterical there, if, there anything that would, if there's anything that would push wizard into a tier if there's an argument to be made that pushes wizard into a tier it's just the fact that they can have a lot of ip blast oh oh you mean into s tier yeah if there's anything that can push wizard into s tier the argument is just the number of icy blasts that they can have because icy blast takes somebody out of the fight um you don't even have to kill them but you can kill them if you want to just go up release stab them yeah um you can do the shatter you know, combo there, there's some combos where they're pain yeah at least the s tier druid can only icy blast people twice per life so they have to go die and to get them back or find a bard buddy but like wizard can find a bard buddy just like a druid can mm -hmm. but they don't have to die to get them back if they just decide that they want to dump a bunch of spell points in it yeah they can have a lot of them it's i think wizard could be put in s tier but uh i wouldn't fault somebody for arguing that wizard is s tier but i don't yeah. think that they're there they're like a they're like a plus they're a plus they're definitely really they're really fantastic they're hard to mess up 
they're yeah they do have they do have weaknesses yes they don't have the same defensive capabilities as any of the other three casters they can't buy shield can't put magic armor on themselves they get ward self but they only get two of those your best defense is uh, a long down stick yeah like it's just put Um, something in front of you and hope it blocks yeah so like they so like they they have more weaknesses than the other casters but they have a lot more power than the other casters in terms of like raw killing potential i mean they're glass but when you talk but when you but when you consider the fact that the other casters have a melee style that they can do that gives them variety and the Mm -hmm. melee styles are just they're good as Mm -hmm. well it's not like they're they're a crappy off-brand melee uh build type for bard and druid the fact they have options for melee the fact that um they have uh some archetypes are straight up broken like avatar of nature is broken Mm -hmm. priest is broken i don't think any of the wizard archetypes are actually like broken they're annoying um, but they're not broken yeah like battle mage yeah, is frustrating games the same way that uh that like like warder can wreck a game yeah straight if up. there's no dispels in the enemy team you just be like all right i played warder i made my people immune to all magic so now you're playing militia and we're playing class <laughs> i mean yeah that's kind of um, what's happening wizard can't do that <laughs> no wizard wizards i think wizard is a i think the perfect example of what an a class should be because it's hard to mess up it deals damage it's got a downfall but the downfall is extremely easily like negated by just smart play like generally smart play yeah. you just don't put yourself in terrible situations oh no and you have answers to pretty much anything that you come across it's it's a fantastic build it's hard to mess up and it's it's I, it's an all around it's an a class yeah it's really it's really fantastic okay so let's let's put these all where we put them we decided that anti paladin was was a a low b high c so we'll put it in c at the top we put archer down in d uh barbarian we put in b slash c you skipped assassin. Oh, I did skip assassin. Assassin, we put in A. Well, you put it or in I A. Put I in put A. it in. We put it in I high. Put it in, like, B. put it in high B. All right, so we put it in high B. B Barbarian, yeah. we had in B and C. Um, yeah, and so if my anti paladin is in B and my barbarian is in C, let's do that. Right? I agree with that one. Okay, so we put anti paladin in B. We put barbarian in C. Uh. Bard, we've got in A. Yep. It's low A, but it's A. Druid is the S class freaking caster. Healer, we've got A. It's definitely yep. the higher A than a, Bard. Higher high end A. It's like uh, an S minus. Monk, we put down in D. Sorry, Monk. Sorry. Paladin we put not, in A. Not sorry. I'm sorry about the scout. I'm not sorry about the monk. So I think I think if we're if we're gonna be nitpicky on this, I think it goes healer, paladin, bard in the A class. I would agree. Healer at the healer at the top, paladin right below it, and then bard is probably at the bottom of the A. 
and i think um uh so scout we also put in d warrior i've convinced you to put in in s at the low s and i think wizard is i'm willing to challenge the a narrative and put a martial class into the s tier if there's a martial class that's going to go in there warrior is going to be the one all right so where where do we put wizard in this a tier do we put it over uh paladin or we put it under paladin but above bard oh man comparing marshals to casters again i always hate it i feel like it's probably in the same place as paladin i think that um i think that wizard um overcomes its challenges easier than bard overcomes its challenges i agree um yeah but i don't you can i, I suppose you could probably put it above paladin because wizards can counter paladins paladins can't really counter wizards in any fashion other than any way that any other marshal counters wizards mm -hmm. but a wizard if a wizard doesn't want a doesn't want to deal with a paladin problem they don't have to right so we've got so you can got druid warrior finishes s tier we've got healer wizard paladin bard that finishes a tier b tier goes assassin anti-paladin c tier goes barbarian and d tier is archer monk and scout I, th I think we put scout on top of the d tier just because it's the one that we don't we don't want to change super drastically to make it function <laughs> I mean, I think I like Scout more than Archer because I don't respect Archer. Godric put Archer in the C tier, I believe, because I, I know that there's a lot of people who perceive some degree of power that comes from the Archer. I I think, um, I mean, like, so in ours, we put it, at least I put it up, like, you could be a B tier Archer. In order to do that, you need to be, the, there's two people. You're either Ursa, who uh, RIP, or you're Tice. That's two people in every in like the history of Amphard. There's probably a few more that could pull that off, but like in in, in history of Amphard, there's there's got to be a handful. Digits, man, it's okay. But like Amphard's been around for a while. Hold on, in my seven years, there have been two, and I've done a decent amount of traveling. There have been two archers that I've seen that I was like, I I want that archer on my team because they're gonna make a big difference. So like Yay. we could put Archer on the low side of C, but I think Archer's not as good as Scout. No, I agree with you. I don't think Archer is as good as Scout because I don't know what the hell Archer's supposed to do when I have it on the <laughs> field, but I can at least come up with something for the Scout. Right. I could tell the Scout, you want to use the bow? Okay, have fun with the bow, but make sure if you see somebody wearing an enchantment, you demag him. <laughs> That's what I could tell an archer. That's what I could tell a scout to do. If I got an archer, I'm just like, "Do you want to use a bow? Oh, you're playing archer. Never mind. Go have fun. Throw, shoot phase bolts at magic armor. I guess I mean, phase arrows. Yeah. Pin as many people as you can. That's either way. This is this is our tier list. It took us almost four hours. <laughs> Welcome to Talk Radio with uh, American Vitalin. We're going to talk your ear off about AmpGuard. This is really fun. I, I know we're going to continue to do this when we can. When we can. I know this isn't going to happen on a weekly basis or whatever. 
because yeah. unfortunately we can talk a lot easier at uh times that i can't record more times than we can record but we're still going to try right. to do this uh tap word say on we'll get some guests on here at some points but for the most part uh i hope the audience enjoyed this this is uh this is amp guard talk radio it's tap words say on it's people, tap- are gonna, people are gonna make the think the joke is the actual title <laughs> no we got a cool animation for it it's tap the 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 series called tap words say on and i'm gonna try to push that you know what should exist in the world an amp guard talk radio 24 hour talk radio it'll just be all of the amp guard podcasters constantly making shit and we'll just keep putting it out there until y'all are tired of us and we lose our voices there we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're gonna we're gonna I'll have to make an e- exit for this thing, but uh uh virtual Merrick will roll us out and we'll uh see y'all at some other point, hopefully at an event. Take care. Let's go. Thanks for watching. If you enjoy our content, please follow, like, subscribe, do the thing. And if you have a topic you want us to hear us talk about for potentially four hours, message us. We'll try to talk about it. See you on the field.